in the movies because he's a um, a Methodist. Yeah, he's, he's, no, he's a method actor. Method actor. Yeah. A Methodist is a Methodist. Excuse me. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> <laughs> on, what is that like? Forty-eight minutes. Am I gonna Wow, did the acting skills? No, but I am definitely entertained. You say interdict? You say interdict? You said interdict. You're still on Netflix and chill. You're still on Netflix. You're still on Netflix and chill, aren't you? Because it's like entertain dick. I stand outside. He's like, aren't you cold? I'm like, oh, my feet are cold, but that's about it. He's like, oh, it's probably because you're fat. I did not say that. I said you're not cold. Um, I mean, you brought up a check. You brought up a good sequel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing now. Gotcha. All right, cool. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Gotcha. Okay. Are you buying green, green service beige? <laughs> this week but I guess he's doing the playoffs for his kids so he abandoned us again for his children the Check. nerve the Check. audacity the right. goal how dare right. he does that to us <laughs> um, so to my left the gentleman Rob is here hello to my right in a seat down Eli is here buenas tardes bienvenidos a B-R-O-C. Gracias y bienvenidos. <laughs> and next to him, and to my right, so I guess he's my, if I'm the head of the table, he's a right-hand man. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Just boost his head up even uh, more. There you go. There you go. The there man go. that I nicknamed uh, so appropriately the drip, Eddie is here. Right here, baby. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So, Chunk's not here. I think Chunk got stuck in traffic because he's coming from uh, football practice. Oh, Saturday, he's probably at a hometown buffet somewhere. He could be. Um, hometown buffet was so gross. You never, you saved yourself a lot of mud, but yeah, but I'm not a big fan of like buffet places. Those always seem a little gross to me. Yeah. No, there's a there's a one. The, oh, one the one that we, that went, we to? went to? Yeah, it was the pretty one good. One? has, like, right. sea, sea, seafood and, like, other stuff in it, too. Yeah. So it's pretty good. You found yeah. one out of the million. Yeah. It, it was, no, the one at uh, Paula Casino. I hate soup plantation. One, it says plantation at the end of it. <laughs> um, I never knew what the fuck it was, dude. <laughs> so, I will fight with you on that, but soup plantation was the greatest restaurant ever. Was it? Fucking amazing. Oh, so when man. I went to, when I I went to New Orleans. Oh, it's in New Orleans. They're like, oh, plantation. Yeah, I, I've been to a, a soup plantation. They're like, no. Wrong kind. Wrong kind. Yeah, so we're going to do the intro, actually, what we're doing right now. Um, and then we're going to talk about the movie we went to go see. Um, what did we go we, see? Uh, we saw Doctor Strange. Shut up. We went and saw Doctor Strange, too? Yeah, we did. Yeah. What? Um, and then we're going to talk about the movie of the week, which was mine, which is uh, a good psycho. What? I know, right? Any news that anyone wants to talk about, and then we'll do our mid, and then we'll get into the actual episode. So, yeah. Um, for me, I think last night was just me shitting on the movie just because I wanted to do it. Um, <laughs> ah, fuck. Hey, hey, I'm hey, going to go with that. Hey, Eddie. Ah! 
There was certain stuff I did not like about the movie, but that's just my own fucking. But as a movie critic, I have to give this movie a four. Um, oh, you upped your range yeah. a little bit. For yeah, that yeah he did. I, I didn't want to be a dick, and so being a critic, I have to give the movie a four. Okay. okay. Um, the stuff I didn't like about the movie, um, obviously I can't say it because I would be killing the movie. Can't talk about the movie like that yet. Um, but I like the way it was paced. Mm-hmm. The way sometimes when it did slow down, I don't. I think some of those scenes weren't needed. I totally agree with that. Yeah, some of them weren't needed. It was just like you threw them in there to kind of give. I totally get it. Everybody happy. It was just trying to get you like the inside story of it. Yeah. But I think they kind of overdid it in my yeah. my, my so Without spoiling the scenes, what scenes did you guys feel were not needed? The one in the middle. The loved ones. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get what you mean. Like, they were quick. They were yeah. to the point, like, apropos of what they were doing. But for me, it like, what was happening, and then to slow it down when you didn't need to. I think you could have you put that in there somewhere else mm. to where it would have it it been more of a payoff for the movie. Of what they were doing, I get it. There's no yeah. real, will, no real way to pay off. When you're talking about the multiverse, there's a bunch of different versions of the people. But I think just for that movie, being able to put it somewhere else would have been a lot more fan pleasing for me. I think some of the cameos were cut short. But I think that they, that that was one of the good things about it, though. It's just like, oh my god, oh shit, that's crazy. And then, oh, so without shit. giving away the, <clears throat> the the cameos, you're talking about the uh, Illuminati, correct? Yeah, because everybody saw that on the trailer. Yeah, everybody There's the Illuminati. Illuminati. Everybody knows yeah, that like one of the Illuminati is Professor X. Yes. Because they showed it like a bunch of times. Well. You could hear his name. Yeah. Like, yes. yeah. So I think I didn't like seeing him again. What? what? After Logan, I don't want to see him again. That was the uh, perfect way to, like you showed, you didn't show him killing all the mutants, but you they say it enough. He was a weapon. He killed all the mutants. You know, wrong universe. Him dying the way he died. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, it's like if you see Iron Man now. Yeah, no, you totally it's like you it. gave Iron Man the perfect send off. Yeah, like I am, like just this. I'm Iron Man. Like, so I don't know if he's. I saw it. that. Yeah, with, with with Tom Cruise. There's a there's a the variant. They're trying to do a, a Iron Man four. Yeah, and I was just like, please tell me this is well, just a fucking makeup shit. Well, no, the first thought they had for. Doctor Strange into multiverse or whatever was they were going to bring Tom Cruise as the Tony Stark of different universe. that multiverse because oh. well, he was originally one they wanted for yeah. Tony Stark yeah so they were going to bring him in for that one so he was going to be part of the Illuminati ooh that's oh. yucky so that's what it was going to be sitting there but you would have got like I, I would I would think you would get fan it. shit that would have killed it people from would have got I just mad don't think Tom Cruise would have done a small of a part. No, I just don't think he would have done that small of a party. I mean, you know, like even look at uh, uh, Tropic Thunder, mm-hmm. right, where he's essentially got a cameo all in makeup. Yeah. He's still in the movie a bunch of times. He yeah. may not be the main character, but he shows up for, you know, a few Good times, chunk. especially at the end when they kind of give him like the post credit scene. Oh, yeah, Les Miles. Like, yeah. That dude's awesome. But I don't think he would have been comfortable doing just a quick little cameo. Yeah, because essentially that's all it was with the Illuminati was a I, Yeah, but I, I think if you like prolonged it a little bit, I, I think he would have been cool with it. <clears throat> I have to agree. I'm glad he wasn't in there. Yeah. <laughs> so mine was a four. Agree, mine was a four, Eddie. Uh, yeah, I gave it a solid four on this one. Um, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't really looking forward to it because uh, it wasn't a rom-com. 
<laughs> but then when you got the romantic comedy parts, you were like on the edge of your seat. He's like, oh my God. I was stretching, okay? You. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. Oh, shit. I tapped Rob, and Rob looked over, and then Eli was just sitting there looking at him, and Erica was just like, the fuck? Like, why does he keep so popping up? A, there was a scene where we're watching the film, so those who are listening, get this. We're all laid back, sitting down in our chairs like normal adults. And then the scene comes on, and Eddie is literally on the edge of his seat. He has his hand on his knees, and he's has he's like leaning over, and it he's looks stretching like my back, boo. Yeah, you know mm. the funny part. These are the scenes that Bayish was saying he didn't like, though. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those same true. scenes, you know. <laughs> mm. Wow. No, but honestly, like I wasn't really looking forward to it because I, I remember seeing the first one, which was okay. It was good, you know. Um, but then I was like, okay, 2016, that was six years ago that it came out. And I was like, fuck, man, I really don't mm. remember. I'm like, plus I hadn't seen um, uh, The Last Spider-Man. Or? Um, WandaVision. Or WandaVision. So, so I, I, I was, I was kind of like, fuck, am I not going to get a lot of these, like, you know, parts of the movie that they're going to be obviously so talking about did, it? Did you feel like you understood everything that was going on in the movie without seeing those things? Sort of. Um, Can you describe it without spoilers? Oh, the kids were probably a, a throw off for yeah. you. Yeah. Because I was like, I even I even told Eric, I'm like, she had kids? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what? Where? In Vision, the way she creates her own. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah. So that's, that's one part that I was kind of like, uh, but I think other than that, um, no, I don't think because I Because the Spider-Man, the, when they reference Spider-Man, it is short and, and pretty, yeah, it's like just quick. Sideways, right? Yeah. Like, well, little... it's, it's where they're, they're in the cafe talking. And, um, oh yeah, but even then, I was it's just like, real, it's real quick scene. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I was glad that I, I mean, I didn't have to watch those to really like understand this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I it was a solid four, man. I thought it was, I was a good movie. I mean, it started off with really good action, yeah. you know. Um, but then again, you know, there are some parts where you're kind of like, uh, it starts to slow down, and I get it because you're trying to, you know. Tell the story and what's going on and what this is and what they're trying to get and you know, but Those overall, I mean, I love seeing uh, Rachel McAdams again. Molly, you think she's hot? Molly, yeah. Molly, 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 Molly. Okay, did that thing get bigger? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I was like, I don't remember her having that big of a mole. Mole, 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 mole. She had multiple moles. She had she moles on, well, she, the, the one on, 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 her, on her chin was always there, but it's always noticeable. But the one on her on her left the cheek, cheek? Yeah. yeah, I was like, um, she probably needs to get this that movie checked. was not made. For, <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, this movie was made for IMAX, but not that. Yeah, long. we saw everything. <laughs> I can see blemishes well, on people's well, faces because you know yeah. I because I love red hair, and you know the last scene she's wearing um, that well that verse she's just wearing red hair. Yeah, so I. I don't know. I have a thing for red hair. Mm. Wow. Okay, if you're a ginger, stay away from Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> so you gave it a what? I gave it a four. Okay, uh, Eli. So I gave it a four point five. I actually, Ooh, what? I actually look. Did you listen, higher now? No, it was four point five last night. Yeah, because Erica 4.5. gave it a four point five too. Oh, okay. I gave it a four point five. Yeah, they're, they're like, the ones who both gave it a four point five. So I mean, I agree with some scenes. You guys. Didn't like. I was I was okay with the film. There's just only certain cinematography scenes where it looks kind of funny. It looks like uh, you know you can totally tell. Obviously, there's a green screen, but overall, I liked it. I mean, it was entertaining. It was. You mean it wasn't real? I mean, oh my god, I didn't know it was real. I didn't know that you know monsters didn't really exist. Oh lord, but uh, oh monsters exist. Oh. Trust me, I've been watching the John Wayne Gacy thing. <laughs> oh, on Netflix. Yeah, no, oh. it's brutal. It is, it is so uncomfortable at times, but 
I, that's, that's on my what list. we're talking about right now. That's on my list, but I, I do want to watch it. Uh, it's no. Yeah, it's it's good, but like there's parts where you're just like, ooh, cringe. Yeah, yeah, Oof. yeah, yeah. So, anywho, um, Doctor Strange and Gacy, those are two things that go together. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's it's all about the mind. Look, when I have a party, I want clowns and magicians there. I think these <laughs> things go together. <laughs> Is you can have that ask? clown. <laughs> As he ties your hands back with with a wooden board. <laughs> no, no, no. He used handcuffs. No, it was it was a wooden board. It was it was it was a twist. The one where he twists their hands so he could uh, uh, watch the documentary, man. Drown them. Watch the documentary. I'm just saying he used that wooden board. They I'm were, not saying he didn't use. I mean, he killed a shit ton of people. Oh yeah, so he buried a lot of people in his house. But, but like when he talks about it, he's talking about like he would he would that was one of the things he says is his first thing he would do is he would. Try to, uh, he would show them magic. He would show them how to do the handcuff trick. And uh-huh. they'd be like, oh, let me show you. Now you put them on. And that's when he would oh, okay. get the handcuffs oh, on. Gotcha. But yes, there was one, he, he talks about one story where the guy got out of the handcuffs and he's like, oh, well, let me show you this other trick. And then he uses the board and like twists up his arms and gets them that way. Yeah. Start using that at the bar. It's the creep, the, the, the cringy parts are the people who got away and them talking about like the shit that he would do is like, fuck, dude. Yeah. Fucking creepy. So we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. Would you guys recommend this film to watch like like little kids? Because you know, there's it was all over the um, internet and on like a couple of st- posts on Instagram that they thought that well, there are certain fans who suggest or thought that this movie should have been rated R. I think if, if you're over eight or nine, I think you should be fine watching this movie because you've seen most kids now have seen Walking Dead or zombie stuff or zombie movies. Well, yeah, even Erica That's, was telling her. Yeah, her, her kids, kids her, are like, eight years old and they watch. They watch. So they Game, of Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's a whole yeah, different yeah, yeah. fucking level. That's a level. whole different level. Um, but yeah, so for me, yeah, if kids over eight or nine, I think especially over ten, yeah. it's, it should be perfectly fine. It's so, not... So there's we, no blood. So yeah, no, this well, like somebody was like, "Oh no, there's no blood. That's yeah. not blood. It's yes. oil from the. It's uh, oil from the Ultron. From, from the Ultron. It's not blood. So when they killed uh, Captain, um, what? What are you, you giving uh, up? You gonna give some away right now? You gonna give some away right now? Got yourself. Shut up. None. There was. There was. There was none. Oh, you mean on the? Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, but yeah, that's on that though. It's not on the. Yeah, we're gonna stop. We'll stop. Rob. Uh, well, I gave it a four. Uh, I saw it twice. So uh, I, I really liked it. I thought it was enjoyable. I don't see where you guys are talking about, like, where it slows down. I felt like all those scenes were short enough and led into other things that were talked about later on. So they all kind of made sense to me. Um, I did not think it was uh, on the R-rated side. You know, I don't think it was, like, a hard PG-13 or anything. I, you know, would have no problems kids watching this. Um, it does get a little gory a little times with the, I mean, I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you've seen the trailers, so you've already seen the, the, the zombie version of strange. And there are some more close ups where he's a little bit more decayed. That was um, actually pretty cool though. Yeah. But I don't I, like them. I'm oh, sorry. I don't like them. Like you just said, like showing in the trailer when they show too much stuff, it's like we saw Top Gun. Oh my like, god! We literally saw movie. Top Gun. <laughs> well, like no, no, you're talking about the trailer for Top Gun, where we saw yeah. like the like the little five minute clip of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, because they kind of did that Doctor Strange, which each so like. Wait, are we saying we don't need to see Top Gun too? No, we're still going to see it. <laughs> um, no, but I get what you're saying. Like Doctor Strange, the first two trailers, a lot of that was in the actual like everything we saw in the trailer was in the movie. Yeah, well, except for the one part where better than Strange, uh, what do they call him? Strange Supreme, the uh, the the evil one. Yeah. 
And oh, he's yeah. all like, oh, things just got a little freaky now or whatever oh, yeah, the fuck that, lines. Yeah, yeah. Like, that didn't make in the movie, yeah. but, like, I was actually shocked because Marvel's notorious for putting a bunch of scenes in trailers that, and that are not even in the movie. That's what I was going to say. Like, a lot of times we see it and you're like, well, where the fuck was this part at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll, give it, I'll give this a solid four. Uh, I thought it was really good. I would recommend watching it. Uh, I got a lot out of it from seeing the WandaVision. Uh, you don't necessarily need to see the Spider-Man movie, but I feel like it kind of helped. Mm. Um, but the the WandaVision, if you hadn't seen it, according to Eddie, you can watch this without it. I thought it was helpful to see that. Plus, I liked the WandaVision show. I didn't think it was bad. Really? Um, I did. I liked All it. Right. I, th- I mean, like I felt, I felt the WandaVision started off really slow, yeah, and then as it kept going, kept getting better. Yes, uh, I agree with you on that. Hundred. So I liked that. Um, um, yeah, mostly the kids kind of play into it, but I think it uh, seeing the show lets you solidifies the her dedication mm-hmm. for her children and why she's so adamant to get them. Yes, you know, without seeing that in this movie, she just kind of comes off as like some psycho bitch that's yeah. just like, "I want these kids." And you're like, "Bitch, when did you have kids?" Yeah, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I thought it was really good. I thought the movie flowed well. I thought the storyline worked well. I, I I enjoyed it. I did. I was probably more shocked that I liked Doctor Str- the first Doctor Strange because mm-hmm. I'm not a big Doctor Strange fan. So I thought, like, okay, I'm gonna see this movie. We're talking about part one. I'll see it, but whatever. And ended up really enjoying it. Um, so um, I didn't go into part two with any expectations, but I gotta admit, I did really enjoy it and uh, would recommend seeing it. You know, if you're into like the Marvel movies, it's it's good, and it's definitely setting shit up for the future. The only thing I didn't know, and I don't want to spoil it, but the first post credit scene, um, yeah, I I I know who it is now because I looked it up. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I had to look it, it up. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't I don't know how they're gonna I don't know how you because if well I have predictions, but we have to wait till we can do that spoiler free. Well, we're gonna do it after, so we're gonna we're gonna record the spoiler. And then next week when we do it, we can just play it. So okay, that's go back that, over it. That's fine. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. But, um, um, okay, and then I'll talk about it in that part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah. So, Erica, she had given a 4.5. She, uh, by the way, thank you, Erica, for uh, yeah, with for coming. Yes, thank you for joining us. Yeah, appreciate um, and talking shit about the Batman, which is good. <laughs> I like when somebody doesn't like a movie we all like because then we can hear their, their reasoning. Her reasoning was kind of ass. Just saying, I'm like, <laughs> she, okay. she it was like ass because she, she didn't like Robert Patterson. Yeah, yeah but that's ass. That's a ass way of like. All she saw was a glittery we vampire. That. Yeah, we, we and you have to before. take yourself. Out. It's like you said with Heath Ledger. Like yeah. your first instinct of going, he's, like, see, people with Ben, ben Affleck being, being being Batman. Right. Everybody was like, oh, the guy from GG and fucking all this other kind of shit. Cool. So he goes in there. You're like, oh, he's actually a good Bruce Wayne. He's a mm-hmm. good Batman. He's a comic accurate old Batman because right. of his size. It's girth and all that stuff. Like I'll that. give you that <laughs> girth. Yeah, she needed. She needs to go back and watch it. And like you were telling her, like, like see it as what it is, and don't like, like try to try to take or erase that. Take your prejudice your out of it. Hold on. Mm. Yes. Hey, hey, what's up, boys? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh my! What's up, Chunky? <laughs> oh, I'm fucking. I'm about to eat right now and pass the fuck out. That's exactly what they said you were fucking doing. That's exactly, exactly, exactly what. Oh, that's man. exactly what they Eddie and fucking Eli. Buy at a home, uh, home hometown buffet. Or he's probably eating. Uh, so, yeah. uh, is there even hometown buffet open? I think everybody's got dick at it already. Yeah, yeah I don't know. that's true. That's hey, a challenge what did, for you, my buddy. <laughs> what did you nah, give I got, uh, Strange? I, got, I, I get, Oh, Strange. 
Wait, did you guys already like? They're doing it right now. We're doing it right now. Timing is perfect. We're literally doing it right now. Your perfect timing. We are speaking about it right now. So what? How many mics? I gave it four. Okay. Your take you on it? out of five still, right? You didn't want to change no. it? No, no, no. One out of five. No, no, no. One out of five. And you can talk about it, but, but no spoilers. spoilers. Um, I enjoyed it for the movie it was. I enjoyed all the things that went on. There was a lot of moving parts involved. Um, I, I mean, obviously, as it went on, like finding out certain things, it's like, son of a bitch, why? But uh, are you critiquing the movie right now? No, no, no. but oh. uh, but again, like it, it jumps around. Like that's definitely one of the things that 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 you have to kind of pay attention to. There are certain parts where it's like, well, like what's going on here? Well, hey, Chunk, uh, can I ask you a quick no, question? Just all the, just, what did you see the Wandavision and the the Spider Man movie? Uh, I didn't see the Spider-Man, and, and actually, when it started, I was like, "Fuck, I should have watched it before coming to this." Do you feel like you lost something from the movie by not seeing that? Um, I think uh, a, a part of the the understanding of how everything came about, I guess, because mm. I don't know if the end of, uh, in Spider-Man how much of it of the whole multiverse that they talked about. Gotcha. I mean, in the, in in this, they talked about it, but it was as if like everybody already knew about it. Got it. Like that's the feeling I got from it. So not watching Spider Man, that. I mean, again, like they talk about it. I because I remember seeing like a little piece of it. Like he explains, like it's not something to take lightly. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I like I said, I enjoyed it. It's just. Once you start getting the nitty gritty, I'm sure you can get into things. But if you're just going to watch it and enjoy it, it I, I, I did. There you go. Cool. There so, you go. What, what, were your mic, what was your mic rating again? Four. 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 All right. So average of four. Average Where's my four. tire patch? <laughs> Dude. They're fucking... They're <laughs> They're at the end of the fucking seat. It's <laughs> <laughs> good shit. It's good shit. So yeah, so it averages out to a four, um, and then so our next movie, um, we're gonna try to see the Northman. Obviously, we're gonna see Top Gun, bad guys. Huh? What was it the cartoon one? Yeah, bad guys. Yeah, bad guys. yeah, that's the cartoon one. Why'd you say Lost Boys? I have no idea. <laughs> either. Um, we're gonna see Jurassic Park. He said the Lost Boys. He said Lost Boys. We are the Lost Boys. They were bad boys too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna see Jurassic Park. So we got like five movies coming up in the next like three weeks. We should watch Jurassic Park. Oh, <laughs> the, the all ham version. Oh yeah. So we're gonna get into our movie of the week, which is American Psycho. I picked this movie because Christian Bale, with besides the Dark Knight Rises and Batman or the Dark Knight, I think most of his movies have been awesome. I did not like him. Wait, he he wasn't he wasn't just Batman. What? Well, no, but no. I'm saying the movies I did not like him in. So I did not like him in in uh, uh, Dark Knight Rises. I did not like him in the Dark Knight. Um, I feel like you're quoting Doctor Smooth. I did not <laughs> like him. But I, I do not like the three maids in half. I did not like him. 
Okay. Uh, okay. See, this goes right back to what I said after fucking Doctor Strange. What? If it's not fucking, if it's not Rob fucking ripping apart, <laughs> you ripping apart. But can you so, guys get on the fucking same page here? Either both of you fucking rip it or fucking. No, nah, because if we it. both, we I mean, we, we, have, we have both ripped movies. We have both ripped movies. I mean, it it, it happens. Yeah, but you, it, it doesn't count when it's an actual shitty movie all around. Mm. That everybody's ripping it. Yeah, uh, I mean, we ripped Hook, and Eli loves that fucking movie. Still do. Thank you yeah, very but much. That, but that doesn't count. Shit. Oh uh, no. So uh, so yeah, I like Christian Bale in almost everything he does. Uh, out of the furnace. Um, he took the movie away from uh, Mark Wahlberg in the fighter because mm-hmm. he was just supposed to be like just a side piece oh, of the yeah, movie. That was, he took that, it from him. That was a good movie. Yeah, yeah um, for sure. Yeah, um, was it uh, Ford versus his, Ferrari? He got, his, he got his new teeth. Oh yeah, uh, Ford versus uh, for Ferrari. He outshined Matt Damon in that movie. Um, yeah, just a really good actor. Well, American think, Psycho is crazy. I think that was the, but that was. I feel, I feel like that was more of his story, though, than Matt Damon's story, the Carol Shelby story. Well, yeah, but that, but he was supposed to be the money in that movie, so that's why I say that. But uh, um, in yeah, American Psycho, no, it, it's insane because a lot of the shit that you see in American Psycho from when it was made is like the same shit people deal with now, and the same uh, fucking knockups people have about certain shit now, and just like, American Psycho, yeah, mm. okay. Like the card thing. Like how many times are you sitting around and you see people like, oh, no, I have this. Oh, no, I have this. Oh, no. And you can see people getting agitated. It's like keeping up with the Joneses. Like I got this car. Or I got this and I got that. And them sitting around that. It's like a thing of like who's doing better. Well, I mean, I think that's the whole point of the movie is all those people are just obsessed with status. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the whole thing. I mean, like thinking back that you guys all just saw this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. What does Christian Bell actually do for a living? He's a broker. You sure? He I ne- think so. He never says that. I think he's a broker, though. He, he never says he that. Never says uh, that. Is, this like a, is this like the Wolf of Wall Street kind of broker? Because that's a whole different... But, but that's the thing, though. In the movie, he, he never... He never no, he never says what, what he, he does. does. Like Nobody ever says what they do. He's just comparison to status. You never see him do any work. It's true. You yeah. only see him in his office either drawing, dicking around with some music, and then critiquing other people's shit. Mm-hmm. He's, he's clearly just a, a narcissist mm-hmm. obsessed with how he looks and how he's presented to people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the one of the statements of the movie is, is just society's obsession with, with status mm-hmm. and being important yep. no matter what you actually do. Not actually doing anything, just the uh, illusion of... The appearance. Yeah, the appearance of status mm-hmm. is more important than actually doing something. I like that. You know, like, well, no. Well, it's, it's, well, that's what it is even now, dude. If you look at social media, that's all you fucking see. He's an investment well, see, banker. That's the, that's the, you had to look that shit up. Yeah, no, I did. But they don't actually say No, they never say They even say it here. They never say what it is in the yeah. movie. But he's an investment banker. The that's only, what it is. The only thing he says is that he, he works, he says the company name and that he works on Wall Street. And yeah. that's, because that's what's important to him. Yeah. Right. The status, yeah. like you were saying earlier, the, the status. status. Yeah. You know, same thing. Well, like, hey, but it, but it goes to it goes to like real life, real life people, because that's obviously kind of like what it's playing off of. But just in general, people like when you have people uh, that buy like Louis Louis Vuitton, all that shit. It's not the rich people buying it; it's the poor people trying to look rich. 
rich people try to look fucking poor. Yeah, they might knock off shit. It. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Adam Sandler. Like that's yeah. literally that's literally how it goes. So I, I mean, like I'm not I'm not necessarily shoes. arguing with you. You know. There is nothing funnier than me to seeing somebody who drives a nice car, wears nice clothes, but essentially still lives at home so they don't pay any fucking bills. And it's like, well, you're not really or, doing well in the world. <laughs> you're just giving or, this illusion or, that you have this. Yeah. They're they're rolling in a in a in a Escalade or something, and they're fucking on their way to fucking uh, get food stamps. Yeah, that's you. Oh, I seen that. I, yeah. I forgot that Jared Leto was was in this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a very young. Yeah, Jared very Leto. young Jared Leto. I was like, oh. And he's yeah, he's uh, just kind of barely in. It. He's really just in the beginning, right? Yeah, not for that long. So yeah. I give this movie a four point five. Really, okay. I really like this movie. I like that when it's called American Psycho, he's a fuck like he's a fucking psycho. Yeah, but here's the thing: did he actually do anything? No, he, I don't think he did. I think that's I think that's all in his fucking head. If shit, like when we sit here and we're like, man, if someone's pissing you up, I would love to cut this motherfucker's head off. Yeah, like that's like, your thought in your head, yeah, like, like, but you're like, acting out in his head. Yeah, like, I totally get it. I mean, this yeah. morning I, I was like, "What if I let go of my brake? Would I hit that lady in front of me? Would that really hurt?" This like another yeah. version of mm. fucking Fight Club, kind of, kind of, almost, kind of. I would think this is the first version of like Fight Club, and then it got just like, like someone was like, "Ah, like fuck it, let's go." Altered version. Like, yeah. Hey, I this think, is the idea. Let's take it this way. I would agree with you. I think the two movies are very comparable when they were talking about themes and you know what they're. What they're talking about in the movie, Eddie? What was your favorite part of this movie? <laughs> he's fucking the hooker. Yeah, he's fucking the hooker and he's flexing. Yeah, those hookers. That hooker was ugly though. Yeah, the hooker was butt ugly too. It wasn't even like turn around, wash your pussy. That's gross. So, what would you give the movie? Um, I'd probably say a four. Okay. What about you, Chunk? What are you giving it? Oh, I didn't watch it, so I can't give it anything. <laughs> oh, I did love those. No, that. again, I know, I know about the movie. I I know like the idea of it. I just never got around to watching it. You know, so I read up that it's funny that they pay. They had to pay uh, more. You, or Eli, hey Eli, do you want me to like read the synopsis off Wikipedia for everybody? <laughs> hey, hey, do me a solid and do that for me right now, please. I appreciate. As you're driving, as you're driving, as you're driving. All we're gonna hear is screeching of brakes and a crash. Trunks <laughs> <laughs> like when I was doing something. I found out that they paid more to get the rights of all those damn songs in the movie than the movie, yeah. <laughs> than all well, those stuff. You guys know wow. this is based well, on a book, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So and like, it's word by word too. Not really. What? What? Uh, what studio made this? Was it Miramax? It is Miramax, I think. So yes, they probably. I mean, I, I guess they didn't have the rights to a whole lot of music at that time. Or at that point, depending on what it was. Well, what I was going to say. No, it's Lionsgate. 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 So Lionsgate didn't have shit. So that that tells you right right there. Well, because in the if I remember the book correctly, he heavily references those songs. So they were they were trying to get them. Yeah, they they were the songs. And this movie obviously takes place in the eighties too. So you know that's why the Huey Lewis was such a big deal to him. But yeah, yeah. you know. I really love that. You lose in the news. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the one to be square, baby. Tip to be square. Power of love, baby. <laughs> 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 All right. So, uh, Eli, what would you give this movie? I give it a four, dude. Uh, for me, it was just, 
I don't know if you guys ever met somebody who liked who who had that similar behavior, who was kind of like very meticulous and very OCD, and had like this. It just gave you bad vibes a, when they a, talked. A to narcissistic you. psychopath. Yeah, you know, that's essentially what he is. Have you guys ever met anybody around like that? I mean, why are you looking at me, Eddie? I, I don't know. You were looking at. He was looking at you. I was looking at Eddie. I, I was, was looking like, at myself, <laughs> mostly because I'm a narcissist. Now, now I feel like fucking the Spider Man, just pointing at each other and shit. Like <laughs> and I'm just sitting here, yeah, quiet, <laughs> like a psychopath, right? Exactly. I'm thinking of how to murder you all right now. Oh, you don't even know how yet? No, I don't know how yet. Fuck, maybe I am the psychopath. I was gonna use. I was gonna use the chips in some fashion. Fuck, if I were you, I'd probably use Eli to fucking... Beat the shit out of the rest robbery. of you? <laughs> <laughs> like, pick, pick, pick him up and use him as a club? Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> wow. Shit. So you said a four? Yes, I gave it a four. Yes, sir. All right. Rob? <laughs> I'll give it an easy four, for sure. Right. For sure. This is this is a great film. I, you know, I've seen, I saw this movie years and years ago. I loved it. It's right off the fucking bat. Um, didn't even, I don't even think I know who Jason... Uh, not Jason Bateman. Ha, 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 ha. I didn't even know who... Um, uh, Christian Bale was, I think, when I saw this the oh, first really? time. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think this is a fucking amazing movie. Uh, I think it's a mind fuck, and I think it's definitely one of those movies that, like, at the end, you get to question yourself. Like, yeah, did did any of that actually fucking happen? Like, there's definitely things that I don't think happened. He didn't blow up the cop car. He didn't yeah. have the no. shootout with the cops and no. stuff like that. Um, <laughs> you know, I was laughing when when the ATM machines are like. Feed me a straight cat. cat. <laughs> He's got a cat. He's like trying to shove it into the ATM machine. You know? um, I do think the movie does uh, making commentary on, you know, like, again, social status and yeah. the importance people put on it and how unnecessary it is. You know, because that was the other thing with all the, the characters in the movie. Like, they don't actually ever seem like friends. He doesn't seem to like his his fiance. Yeah, he, I mean, like they nobody seems to like anybody. They're just trying to outdo one another. They're just like let's get together to see who can talk more shit and who, who let's see who's yeah. We're just getting together to whip out our dicks and see who's well, got the oh, bigger because dick. Because the whole time they're like, well, I'm I'm gonna make uh, reservations at this restaurant. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's impossible. You can't do. It. Right. Watch, I can get him. Watch, right. I can get him. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just, again just about status. Yeah. Just just about status. Um. And um. Yeah, I think he. I, I mean, I believe most of his, his murderers that he did in this movie were just in his mind mm. of how his fantasies playing out. Yeah, I think he killed the hooker though. He might have the one in the in the in the, in the, in the, room? In the bag in the bag. Yeah, I think he killed her. He might have. Yeah. He might. Well, that's what I think is great. It's like it's kind of left open to where you're like, Which okay, I'm pretty sure some of these didn't happen. There's ones you know didn't happen, but then you're like, but some Does of this other seem- shit like. Did some of this other shit happen? Well, it's like I was telling you, Rob. Like um, when he goes back to the. Alan's hotel, whatever, or, or room, mm-hmm. and he's gonna go clean it up, and it's like it's all like clean and white. And mm-hmm. then the lady, the realtor, is like, "What are you doing here?" She's like, "Oh, isn't this his house?" It's like, "No." It's like, "You better leave and never come back." And looks looks at him like, like just leave, like, like never come back. Like we we got this taken care of for you, almost. And then weird things that are in the movie too, like. If you paid attention on his TV screen, it's only two things played on his TV screen: Texas Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw, and porn. Uh-huh. Yeah, like that's it. But yeah. that I kind of I think sums up like his obsessions with things. Fucking again, sex because that's important. Because if the more the the hotter chicks and the more chicks you bang, the more status you have. And murder because that was his interest and the way he do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think. Hey, like, hey, were they? Were they? If that's all was playing on the TV, were they streaming fucking Rob's TV or what? 
Uh, you know, there's cartoons that play on my TV, too. <laughs> <laughs> it goes from, from murder movies to porn to cartoons. To hentai. To hen- yeah, to, to animated porn. <laughs> to tentacle porn. To, 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 yeah, to animated violence. It's good shit. It's good shit. So pretty much it's fours all around except for my 4.5. Hey, so, average so, out. so quick question. Answers. So if if this was a, such a great movie, what, why didn't you guys give it a five? Because there's stuff that's still missing. The, the movie stays on one track the whole time. Yeah. There's no real story plot in this movie, but it stays on point. Like you're following, you know, uh, Bateman, you're following him through the whole thing. He's basically in the whole movie except for the last scene. Where yeah, the, the secretary's looking through the binder, but yeah. in every scene he's always in. he's always in the movie. So you're essentially following somebody as you're going through their mind. So essentially, that's what the movie is. There's no outward characters to like. Okay, well, I'm attached to this character too. There's no real plot where there's like a payoff at the end or whatever. It does keep you thinking when it's like, all right, cool, like. Did this happen? Was it real? It's like watching um, Inception. At the end where you're like, is it like this? But there were other characters in that movie where you can get attached to and do stuff around and be like, oh, what's this person doing? Oh, this story's going this way. This story's going this way. It's like The Departed. Stories everywhere. You're just following stories. In this movie, it's one story. It's one person. It's one track. You stay on that track, and it's fun for what it is. This movie would have been bad. Like It would have gotten a fucking one. Because if you wouldn't have been able to pull in this the, off, it would have yeah. been bad. It would have yeah. been really hey, bad. Hey, in that in that in the movie, how how much time passes in that movie? Is it like so like in reality? Day, in reality, day? I think it's supposed to take over like a uh, a, a, year? It's a year. It's supposed to be a year because they start off at the Christmas party. Yeah, and, and they, they come, it ends almost like Christmas again. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's supposed to be a year. So, but they obviously they jump because obviously you're not gonna. Go I was telling my friend that it kind of. You didn't want to see him fucking fucking somebody in front of the mirror on like the beach, around the beach or something on yeah, vacation. I would have loved it during Why the summer. Why not? I, mean, I didn't want to see any sand in his ass, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> the chafing. Come on. I mean, I bad. wanted to see his ass, just not sand in it. I was, telling, I was telling my friend that as I was watching the movie, I was like, man, this kind of reminds me of um, is it Shutter Island? With Leo, oh, yeah. Leo, yeah, yeah, where yeah. they make him think like, "Oh, you're yeah, the but, cop, you're yeah, but you could tell after like ten minutes of Shutter Island that it wasn't like he was an uh, um a, a patient, a patient, because the way they were talking, it's kind of like in the Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense kind of killed it because the way he was talking to his wife and shit, yeah, was like you're trying to figure, out, oh, why isn't she talking? And maybe she just mad him. But if you actually notice and look at the movie, he's looking one way and she's looking a complete different way. Mm-hmm. So it's like he's not talking to her. He's just talking, and in Shutter Island, that's exactly what was also happening. So if you if you pay attention to that, you see it, and you're just like, oh, okay, well, man, stop acting like you knew he was Bruce Willis was dead at the end. Of that. <laughs> I know, I'm just saying. I'll be honest. That movie is the movie that like it was awesome, it was great, but I think it it ruined it for movies that came after that because then you were looking it was for it. Happen. Yeah, you know it's what? Happen. You know what else? You know what else ruined fucking movies? M. Night Shyamalan. That's what fucking ruined them. <laughs> Clearly, you've never seen The Last Airbender, buddy. <laughs> or, uh, or Signs. Or I signs. did. I did. I saw it on Netflix, and I, I, hey, I gave it a shot. I started it, fast forward to the middle, fast forward to the end, <laughs> and it all 
sucked in every spot. I disagree. I like I like the M Night. I like some M Night Shyamalan films. Uh, I think the thing that sucks for M Night Shyamalan though is he got stuck in that um, the the twist ending yeah. thing. And like now that's like his gimmick, yeah. and he's kind of has to do it. I like the Sixth Sense. First time I saw it, I didn't yeah, catch Sixth it. Was good. I, I I think rewatching it, it's easy to see. Like, oh shit, yeah, he's no, yeah, the first, clearly no, not yeah. connecting yeah, with yeah, the anybody. first time watching it. But the first time I saw it, like I didn't catch anything. Yeah. Like when we got to the end, he was dead. I was like, oh shit, okay, yeah. And I really exactly. do. As for, if we're talking about Inmate Shamala, and you can beat me up for this one, but I think Unbreakable is probably one of the best comic book movies done in a yeah. realistic fashion. Okay. Because what I love about that movie is um he he the our main character doesn't believe he's a superhero. Nobody does. Why why would he? That's like fucking and the only people that believe it are the crazy fucking black dude who runs the fucking comic book shop and his kid. You know, like why would I listen to these yeah. fucking people? They're nut jobs. Um uh but I, I do love the slow pacing of Unbreakable as well. Um I I, I Digress. We'll come back off an unbetchama. You die. You digress. I, 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 I loved I Erica's face when we said that. She was like, "Are you fucking serious?" And we're just like, "Yeah, he meant I did." She's just like, "No, you're lying." He's like, "No, that's what happened." She's like, "Oh my god!" Well, did you did you did you see Eddie? He had his hands on his head. He's like, "Make it stop, make it stop." <laughs> it never shit. happened. I swear. That's good shit. And uh, Shutter Island was the other one. Like, I didn't. I'm one of the few people because everybody I ever heard talk about the movies like, oh, I figured out right away he was a patient. I didn't catch that he was a patient until probably towards the end, yeah. um, you I know. But that's, so, but sometimes I like that in a movie. And sometimes I don't always like to pick apart something. Sometimes I like to sit there and just kind of watch enjoy, it, let it like wash over me enjoy, like yeah. it was a wave. No, but, sometimes but, I do, but sometimes it's just fucking for me. It's blatant. It's, it's like it, right but, there. But I'm with you. Like some things are just too blatant. Um, and maybe I was just watching uh, Shutter Island just too casually that I just wasn't like sitting there super focused on it. Yeah. I don't remember the first time I saw it, but like, I remember like when it came back, I'm like, Oh shit. Oh fuck. That's crazy. Um, you know, I didn't catch, I didn't figure out early that he was a patient. Oh, um, but good. I mean, I like that movie. I thought it was okay. I think it's, I still think it's fun. I just, what fucking movie were we talking about? We're talk, we were American Psycho. American Psycho. Yeah, sorry. We jumped off. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah. So Eli, what's your movie for next week? Uh, it's on Netflix. It's called uh, Loving. It's actually based on a true story from uh, Richard and Mildred Loving, their relationship. So, yeah. Okay. The fuck? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, ba- it's like a... Is, is it a rom-com? Is picking rom-coms again or what? Nah, it's, it's more like... Uh, yeah, there you go. He one. just looked at me. No, no. It's not, it's not a rom-com. It's more like a uh, kind of drama, I guess you would say. Yeah, it's, it's okay. drama slash romance. You know, Eddie's talking about it, so that means it's a rom-com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, wait till you see it. Yeah. Loving. Loving. I don't think I ever heard of this one. Who's in it? 2016. Um, oh, I've seen I've seen this movie. Root? So uh, what, it, what it is is the synopsis for, or not synopsis, but what it is is it's a couple that's mixed marriage. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you know, gotcha. white, it's a white dude. It's an interracial couple. So it's a white dude and a black woman back in the. Who's the yeah. first actress? 1958. Um, Ruth uh, uh, Niga. Well. Niga. Go ahead. Go ahead. You don't want to say nigga, didn't you? No. you it's Ruth. She was in that, that HBO show, the uh, the Lovecraft show, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. And she was Lovecraft in County. No, she was in. Um, she was in the show with the the people Pretty that sure. travel. The black people that travel. travel. The black people that travel. So they went like slave times. They were like in Western, and they were like, um, fuck, what's the name of that that show? I know what show you're talking about on HBO. We're talking about the same same, same show. Yeah. 
Because she's in that. I know what you're talking about. The, the Lovecraft County. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. So she's in that. Um, she's also oh, in Samaritan. She's in Idlewild. Um, the she's Samaritan. In you saw the Samaritan. That one? Yeah, dude, that's, that's fucked crazy. up. Oh, dude. The Samaritan's yeah. so gross. Oh, dude. Your Sam movie, like Sam like, yeah. Your Sam movie. I don't think so. So it's with Samuel Jackson. So he meets this Eesh. chick, right? Uh-huh. And they start dating. He's just out of oh. jail, and he's just like, "Oh, doing this and this," and he like they they fall in love with each other. And he bangs her, right? He finds out this is his fucking daughter. daughter, bro. Oh, is that old boy? No, it's the Samaritan. <laughs> the Samaritan. Old boy. Pretty, pretty sure it's old boy. That could be old boy too, but the Have Samaritan's you seen old boy. Old boy? Yeah. And Samuel, but he's not the main. Mm. But it's not uh, Samuel Jackson. Not Samuel Jackson. This, 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 this one was Samuel Jackson. He's in there, but he's not the main character. Yeah, this one Samuel is yeah. a main character, and the other chicks in there too. But yeah, this movie's uh, really good. It's it's kind of fucked up. Um, Wait, Nick Kroll's in there? Yeah, he's a lawyer. He's not playing no. funny. He's not playing funny. This movie. So you, you're not going to get a good. Oh, the Jewish guy played a, a lawyer. Oh, yeah, it's weird, crazy. Um. Yeah, it's down yeah. the south. So it's during. I think that I want to say the nineteen fifties, fifties, or forties. Well, I was gonna say, hurry up and watch this movie because I'm pretty sure they're gonna they're gonna ban fucking interracial relationships. Pretty sure in this country. Oh, what? Huh? well, I'm. What? It's just a comment because they're getting rid of abortion. Oh yeah, uh, gotcha. and like uh, abortion's only been on the. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you know, you know, all abortion's hear, only been. All I hear is a resounding ah. <laughs> abortion's only been legal for like fifty years in this country, and I think they they took away the laws to ban interracial interracial relationships in the nineteen fifties. Not true. You sure? Alabama, Al- hold on, Alabama, Alabama, Mississippi, and um, West Virginia. They still have laws against uh, interracial? interracial marriage. What? There are parts of this still in, in the U.S. I feel like that's something that needs to be looked up. Go ahead, Google it. How about we just send you over there, Robert? <laughs> Why? Because you're gonna, gonna be you're gonna be our eyes on the ground. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're gonna be. Sure. Our, you guys gonna pay for that? Sure. Eddie sure, sure. Yeah, Eddie's rich. <laughs> Eddie's rich. I've seen his business cards. <laughs> and we pulled out our business cards. Card, but this is mine. <laughs> Mine's kind of flimsy, but it, it, it works the way it works. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, yours is loving. So we're gonna loving next week. Uh, pretty sure we're gonna see Northman. So. That's yes. going to be on the docket to watch. So we're going to be talking about Northman next week. Very good. And then next week you'll also get our spoiler review of Doctor Strange because you guys should have saw it. It'll be out for a week and a half. So, yeah. Cool. Anybody have any news they want to talk about before I go? I, I tried to get deep and talk about ad- abortion, but you guys just laughed. I didn't laugh. No, no I was just like, I I like was I'm not funny. a woman, though, so I I try to stay away from all that shit. It's all about rights, buddy. It has nothing to do with it's, women. It's about rights. What's I'm saying? It's about... Yeah. A woman's right to say so. This is what I this this is the one thing that I always say. Like, if a woman can choose to get an abortion, right? Mm-hmm. A guy should choose not to have to pay child support. Mm-hmm. There you go. Hey, hey, take it easy, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> no, it's fucking hey. true. Let's, no, let's just be honest. No, and, and we're gonna have that conversation. No, I mean, he, he, and he talks about that. I know he, he talks he, about that, and people gave him shit for it, right? But it's well, true. What if he, what he He's like, if she can kill the motherfucker, I can I can choose not to pay for him. Yeah, yeah. But that's my point. It's just like, uh, and this is nothing against women. Like, you should be able to choose if you want to have a kid or not. Because if you're not ready to have a kid, bringing a kid in the world is not something smart. That's right. how kids get all fucked up, and they put getting put in orphanages, or get put in, you know, the childcare system, which is already over fucking populated, populated. as it is. Um, 
But in the same breath, if a guy tells you, like, okay, cool, we're having a kid, I don't want to have this kid with you, I'm not going to put my name on the birth certificate, He should not. you should not be able to go after him for child support. So I'm going to play devil's advocate on that one and be okay. like, but he, he chose to put his penis in her. I get that, but he, did, but he, he doesn't have a choice. With, and he chose to do it without protection. But he doesn't have a choice for the abortion. Let's go. The but way she around. does. Let's go same scenario. Let's just say she doesn't want the kid, but the he man does. wants the kid. He wants. She to be can a get father. an abortion, but he 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 can't stop it. What about there's that? been very few, very very few cases where a guy has tried to stop a woman from getting an abortion and it's worked, but then she has turned around and sued the state oh, for doing say, it. I don't know. I felt like they just passed a fucking. Ma- they're trying to pass a major thing where men are being able to say a woman can't get an abortion. Well, yeah, but those, those are old cranky white men that just want to have some fucking power. Yeah, but right. yeah, but that's my that. point. Like my hey, thing is. Hey, these are the same. I'm going to mute you. I'm going to mute you. No, but I. No, I was saying, no, these are the same kind of guys that, uh, what was it? Like five or six years ago, one of them was trying to pass a bill to make sure that strippers stayed the same size. Oh yeah, I saw that. Like, that was dumb though. There was a, they were trying, yeah. they were trying to pass all that they had to be at a certain amount of weight and a certain amount of height. Yeah. <laughs> or they and couldn't they, strip. And if they and if they got too big, they couldn't be a stripper anymore. Yeah, it, it almost passed too. Wow. It almost no, did. It yeah, oh, did. It almost passed. Almost no, no, passed. it almost passed. Oh. It almost. It Where almost it? got enough votes. They thought it was a Dallas yeah, Cowboys stripper. Because all, yeah. all of them had the same stripper. That's why. Well, they have the same. They just mm. they just pass around like a tissue. Um <laughs> So I, I'm not going to uh, necessarily bicycle. argue with you guys' uh, opinion about a, a man's uh, right to have to pay a child support or anything like that, but it does feel a little different. I'm not saying I have a, a, a critique, a a, uh, um, a very detailed argument that I can make on that one, but it does feel like it's a little different. But I hear what you're saying. I'm not going to argue with you. Uh I just think uh, I think when they're trying to take away abortion rights, it's really just coming down to taking away rights, and that's yeah. the thing that no, I'm not concerns me that. more than anything else. You know, and I think it's well. I don't want to get too political. We're not a political show. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll save that for the bar later on tonight. There you go. So uh, we're I get gonna... drunk and try to hit on some girl. It's your right to choose, girl. <laughs> oh, you so you can choose this dick or that dick, girl. Uh, <laughs> Black dick wins. <laughs> You are listening to the ROC. Don't you mean the return of the critics? Hey, everybody just wants to listen to the drip. (laughs) (laughs) Emotional damage. (laughs) Oh, man. Let's just start this thing. (laughs) So, yeah. That was amazing. It's always fucking funny. Um... So this week we're talking mental health and mental health awareness because it is mental health month. Um, oh, this is the only month we have to be concerned about our mental health? I guess. That's the way it goes. It's like Black History Month. You only care about black people in one month. Uh, no, I uh, only care about for 28 days, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, full fucking month. Shortest and coldest day of the month. Right? The shortest and coldest month of the year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So anybody want to talk about the mental health first? Or are you going to make me go? I'll start. I'll I go. start. Um, so yeah, mental health is important. Um, look, uh, you know, I work in an industry where I see a lot of people at different stages of their lives, you know, uh, as, as anybody who's drank regularly knows or been to parties with people like alcohol kind of tends to bring out emotions in people. Um, you know, uh, sometimes I see that on some very wide spectrums. 
Um, usually the thing I try to do when I see somebody that looks like they're having a hard time is, you know, uh, I personally have gone to therapy a few times. I highly recommend it. I think it's a beneficial thing. I know there's a stigma that goes with it that you, it seems to, especially for men, that if you go, you know, because men are supposed to be strong, right? We're supposed to be the ones that can carry the load and fucking, you know, be there for fucking people and, you know, supposed to be man, you know, boys don't fucking cry type shit like that, you know? Um, but, you know, any, any, any person that holds in emotions, it's going to have an effect on you and it's going to come out and it, the longer you're holding in, yeah, it, it's going to explode when it fucking comes out. So, um, I mean, I can think of a couple incidences where I've talked to people. Sometimes people I barely know. I remember this one kid came in the bar and uh, I'd served him a couple drinks. He was kind of sitting by himself and just from talking to him for like five minutes, man, you could see this, this kid was hurting. This kid was on the brink, man. Like he was not doing well. And uh, I just, I tried to make the time to talk to him, you know, let him know like, what he's feeling is okay. Uh, but he should he should reach out and he needs to talk to somebody about it. And it's not necessarily, I think, always about like therapy of getting into like how much your mom hugged you and shit like that. Sometimes I think therapy is just about talking about the things you feel and talking to somebody who's going to be non-judgment, non-judgmental and can just listen. Because I've in my personal experience with therapy, most of my therapists just kind of listen and usually just. I don't want to say ask, well, how do you feel about that? But it kind of comes down to that. Like, you know, like, you know, what led you to that type of feeling? You know, why, why are you in that place? And, um, you know, exploring those, uh, I, I think is a good way to understand yourself better. And if you can understand yourself a little bit better, you know why you're doing things. You can get that and you can start to work through some of the issues that you have. You know, I don't necessarily, I'm not a big fan of medication. Uh, I know for some people they need it and some people it definitely helps. I'm not personally a big fan, but like I'm a fan of anything that gets you to a better place, that makes you a better person, and makes you a gets you into a better place. Whether it be therapy, religion, whatever it takes, I, I think those are good things. Not necessarily that they're needed for everybody, but I think those are good things. And you know, there's too many people out here, especially in this country. I think that just we just shove everything in deep down inside and just try to hold it in, and just you don't want to seem weak, you know, kind of, kind of going back to our, uh, American psycho, right? Yep. You, you just, you want to present this, this image of yourself, the status, that, the status, right? That everything's okay. And everything's good. And like, sometimes shit isn't okay. Sometimes shit isn't good. You know, sometimes you can see shit that has nothing to do with you. That will just fundamentally affect you. You know, um, I can think of like, just driving home one night and like a huge accident on the road and seeing a car totaled and just like being upset about that. I don't know those people. Like, I don't know who they were, nothing like that, but just seeing something like that happen is just, it affects you. And you're just like, fuck dude, that's, that's fucked up. Those people are gone now. You know, uh, uh, uh a mother lost a son, you know, father lost a child or, or whatever it may be. I, I don't know the dynamics on there, but like, you know, it can be deep and it can affect you. And I think, I think in general, I think people should try to talk more and be more open about things. But it's kind of hard too, especially like a group of you guys. Like 
You know, like if I were to start opening up, like if we were just starting our our uh, podcast here yeah. and I was opening up about something, like let's be honest, you guys probably fucking like laugh and make fun of me, which is what guys do. That's how guys communicate. I get that. But then there's also the difference of like reaching out and being like, I'm having a hard time, you know. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't mean to take up all this time, but I know no, no, you're good, you're I good. know a few years back, man, like I was having a really bad time. Like I was really bad shape, like drinking really badly, like not going out to have a couple drinks, have a good time, like drinking to be fucked up because I didn't want to deal with the things that I had to deal with, you know? And, uh, I remember just like, I think it was like 1130 at night and I called one of my buddies and I was just like, I just, I can't deal anymore. I can't deal with anything. And this is a guy that goes to bed at like 930 every night, came over 11, 1130 at night, 12 o'clock, came over, sat with me, just talked with me, just let me fucking vent. And then went over to his house like the next day. And then like about a month later, um, I was living in his house with him and his wife because one, they, they offered cause they saw I could use that, but like that helped me so much just to be around people that cared that would listen to me talk and let me get things off my chest. Now I also at that time started going to therapy as well and was talking to a therapist about some other things that were a little deeper that maybe I wasn't always comfortable opening up to people too. Um, but after doing that, like I felt a lot better about things and I got more comfortable And I can, I feel like, I feel now that I can be much more open with my personal life to people than before where I tried to hold everything in. Yeah. So I'll follow that. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm the type of person that will try to make sure everybody else around me is good. So like, uh, like my father-in-law had told me and I just started going to therapy. Um, and most people see me and they're like, nah, fuck no. Like, you did? Looking at me. Yeah. Good for you, buddy. Um, so I give so much. I was talking to Eddie about this too because Eddie had called me. And I've had a really, really bad fucking week. Like really bad. And, you know, Eli and uh, Rob and Eddie and Chunk and, uh, you know, Brandy and, you know, John, Roman, Dylan all hit me up. And, like, it's more of a point like I'm in a really, really bad and dark fucking place to where – I didn't know I'd be sitting here at this table. I gave these guys a fucking list of like, hey, you need to do three more episodes and that's it. Because I didn't think I was going to be here. And it's just more of a point like I push everything down, whether it be stress, whether it be shit happening at home, work, bills. I'm just like, all right, cool. I'm going to push it down. I'm going to push it down just to make sure everybody else is good. This person's good. He's happy. She's happy. They're happy. They're eating. They're having fun. Everyone's good. All right, cool. I'm good, but I'm not fucking good. Because after a while, you like literally, like, base became like base of the ROC on Ibble, right? Base became a fucking mask. Like it's just base. Like when someone's just like, "Oh, I'm having a rough time." All right, there goes base to help. All this is happening. There goes base to help. My mom, or I need to. There goes base to help. And after a while, like I literally sat down on Saturday. And, like, I was just looking up, and I was just like, when you have that realization where you're just like, who the fuck am I? It's fucking horrible. Because when you have to sit there and you have to look at, like, yourself, like, your actual self. Not just, like, what people see as the person you are. Your true self. Cause, yeah, because when you look, you see Rob. Rob likes to joke around. He likes to fuck around. He's kind of a smart ass. He does whatever. But, like Rob just said, you don't know what's underneath that layer. 
Yeah. You, like, don't, you don't know what it's like when yeah. I when I go home and I'm sitting there alone. Exactly. And I'm by myself and I'm like, fuck, I'm fucking, you know, I'm lonely or like. Yeah. Like, like any your thoughts. Yeah. Like any yeah. this the same thing. Like you see the like what I see, like tell Eddie all the time, like I see the drip. I see a line. I see somebody who should be able to just like conquer shit. But I also when I say that, I know that underneath that, Eddie has his own shit that he has to deal with that I can't help him with. Eli's the same way, you know, Chunk's the same fucking way. But for me, it, it, it takes on a whole different atmosphere because, like, like people know, like, okay, I used to be a cop. And people know, like, I tried to play football. So for me, it's like, all right, something happened, I had to start over. I had to start over. I had to start over. And at this point, I'm in my, in my head and in my being. I don't think I can anymore because I've, I've given so much of myself out like it feels like there's nothing left. Like everybody has a little piece of me. Not even people at this table. Like my mom, all my kids, like you know my wife, and that was the biggest mistake like I ever made. When it was more of a point like not being with my wife. But when you give, like I've done this to my kids, and I've done this to other people. Um, like with some, my like my mom's son, and I call him that because if I ever saw this motherfucker, I'd kill him on sight. Uh, but her son, like, when he got out of jail or whatever, I, like, poured myself into him. Because I'd never had, like, a like a bigger brother mm-hmm. that was blood. Like, my brother is someone I've been friends with since I was two. So it's my brother, but it's not my blood brother. Mm-hmm. So I poured everything into this motherfucker. Like, gave him gifts, gave him clothes, gave him money. You know, oh, it's going to be cool. I'm going to be able to do shit with my bigger brother, you know? I'm going to be able to have fun. And then he started stealing from me. And then he stole from my mom. And then he took shit. And then he, like, had my daughter stranded somewhere because he took the car because he didn't want to go pick her up. And it was just, like, after that happened, and that happened at the same time that I was getting a divorce. So not only did I put my a lot of myself into that motherfucker, but I put my happiness and my soul into my ex-wife. So when all that shit came crashing at the same time, I had nothing left. And then rebuilding your soul and your spirit is super fucking difficult. Oh yeah. Being able to rebuild your soul and your spirit is some hard shit because then you got to sit down and be like, what's actually wrong with me from my point of view, not from whatever. Everybody can tell you what they like. They can be like, Oh, Eli's like what that chick say Eli was. You said he was uh, self-absorbed, right? I'm self-absorbed. Yeah. I'm conceited. I don't give a shit about nobody yeah. and all that. So they can say that to you, but if that's not how you view yourself, that shit don't fucking matter. Because you can work on that all day long, but if that's not what's wrong with you, it, you're not doing anything. Yeah, but on the on the opposite side of that, though, sometimes people can see things in you that you can't see yeah, in yourself. but not, not people that don't know you. No, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody that just calls in just to talk shit to us. Like if somebody calls in like, oh, Rob, you're a dick. But you're just you're just basing that off of hearing him and not being around him. Then you're basing it off of just oh oh I hear something, so that's what I think this person is. Well, like if I can jump in there right there, uh, you know one of the things that I don't want to say annoys me. That's not the way of saying it. But all right, to, to put a little myself out there, about six years ago, my mom my mom had a stroke. Uh, I'd come come to her house. I found her on the ground. I had to call nine one one. Dealt with all that. After that, moved in, took care of her for about four years. You know, and like when I say she had a stroke, I mean she was paralyzed. Like half her body, half her brain is gone. Like I tell people, I don't really have a mother anymore. I have a 
a an adult child that I need to look after. Mm-hmm. And uh, at a certain point, when I got to my really low point, like I felt like my world was crashing. Right, I was I was about f- probably about three years of looking after my mom. You know, which took all my time. You know, my days were work, come home. If I didn't have somebody that can sit with her and watch her, I was there, and it would be things like have to help her use the bathroom. I remember, I remember the. I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the incident that caused the girl I was seeing to leave. Is that we were getting into my room, about to do what adults do, and my mom comes on the the overhead speaker like she needs me to help her use the restroom. So I have to stop what I'm doing with my lady friend, my girlfriend, to go help my mother. And I remember her coming when I came back in, her just being like, "Is this how it's going to be?" And like. Yeah, I was like, yes, yes, it is. She's like, well, I feel like I'm second. And I'm like, well, you are because it is. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that is what kind of helped her make the decision that maybe she didn't want to be in that relationship anymore. So here I am, girlfriend leaves, just lose my job. I'm stuck at home taking care of my mother. Like, I felt like there was no nothing for me. I like, How I explained it to my friends is I'm in a tunnel and I cannot see the light at the end of it. It's just, dark. It, it's just darkness. There's just darkness. There is no end to this. Yeah. And, um, you know, the thing that would frustrate me the most, that would piss me off every time somebody says it, and I still get a little irked, is when people would come and be like, but you're a good person, man. You're doing a good thing. But, like, it didn't feel like a good thing. I felt like I was doing what I had to do because these are the things I need to do. This it's almost is, like a burden. It, it is. Yeah. It really is. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, but like, you don't want to say burden because I'll be perfectly honest. I've had this discussion with my sister a bunch of times, and it's not that I wish something bad happened to my mother, but part of me in a way wishes that I would not have found her that night because had that happened, I wouldn't have had all these other things. My mother, although would not be with us anymore, which is a bummer, but she wouldn't be dealing with all the things she does. I mean, like, nothing is more fucking heartbreaking to me than when my mother calls me crying that she's so depressed because she can't get out of her own fucking chair to wipe her own ass when she has to take a fucking shit. Like, it breaks my fucking heart, you know? And so when people are like, yeah, but you're a good person, you do good things, and I'm like, I don't feel like that, though, you know? Like, it didn't, it doesn't feel like it's a good thing. I'm doing what I feel like needs to be done. Yeah. And that's kind of, I think, what's happening and what you're saying is, like, you see this 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 image of me, and you're like, oh, you know, somebody might hear this, just ex- experts, of, uh, experts, haha, excerpts <laughs> of what I'm saying, and be like, oh, but you are a good person, but, like, but that's not like how a good I, person. I don't feel like a good person. No. I mean, eventually, I ended up having to put my mom in a home, and, like, I fucking hated that. I hated doing it. I, I again, nothing's more heartbreaking than when she calls me, asking me, when, like, when can she go back home? Yeah. And I don't know how to tell her, like, that's not going to happen, yeah. you know? For, for me, I think it's more important. Like, a lot of people see stuff, and they're just like, oh, we want to see a fucking superhero. We want to see you, like achieving like oh you're doing great you're 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 doing good you're doing whatever but you're just like like i'm doing it because i have to do it i'm doing it because it's a need to do it i'm doing it because it's there i'm not doing this because this makes me feel good about doing this yeah i'm doing this because this is what needs to be done yeah so like that's what i'm saying like for me when all that shit came crashing down about like my mom's son and like my ex-wife and i sat there and i was just like man i'm never gonna fucking do this again i'm never gonna put 100 percent of myself into someone else. And people need to understand, when I say that, that does not mean that I don't care for somebody else. That does not mean that I don't 100% love somebody else. But if you depend on someone else to... Validate your love. Validate or hold your happiness... You're not really happy. Yeah, it's going to eat your soul. And it's about placing boundaries. Yeah, but sometimes you can't place boundaries with yourself. 
That's true. Because sometimes you put, okay, I'm not going to do this. And the next day, you've done that already. Shit, I'm not gonna. it's 12 hours later. Yeah, like, I'm not going to do this, and you fucking do it, and keep doing it, and keep... You can't put boundaries on yourself, because depending on how what kind of person you are, you will jump that boundary, you will jump that fence every single time if you think someone needs you. And some people say, oh, because you have a Superman complex. No. It's because I value other people more than I value myself. That's a problem with me. Not with other people asking me for stuff. Because if somebody asks me, hey, can you come help me? I'm going to come and fucking help you. It's not their fault that they're asking me. Mm-hmm. It's my fault because I'm not saying, oh, dude, I just worked a fucking double shift and I just did this. Let you're me not just saying stay home. no. Yeah. I, I should just say no and stay home. But then you're just like, no, this person needs my help. I'm going to fucking go. Because you feel like in, in, inside of you that if you don't go, that person's going to hold less of you. Like, they're going to think less of you if you can't do something for or them. Or even worse, if you say no, then in your mind, you, you start to think that you're a bad person. Yeah. yeah. Because a good person would go do this. Yeah. You know, but you you got to realize sometimes, too, though, that like, sometimes, sometimes being selfish isn't being selfish. Sometimes being selfish is just looking after yourself. And I think that's what we need to do sometimes is you need to take that time for yourself and, and do what's right for you, even though... It may seem like this is the right thing to do. Spreading yourself thin isn't always a good thing. Sometimes yeah. I think you, you you need to have that. And I think if if somebody were to call me up and say, hey, I need something simple, right? Like, hey, uh, my car's broke. Can you go to the store, grab me some groceries, bring me by my house? You know, I'm, and I'm picking something very basic here. Um, you know, and, and that's not what you can do or it's going to mess up your day or it's going to screw up other things, then you should be able to say no, you know, and not feel bad. And if somebody's going to make you feel bad for not helping them when they need, that's probably not a good person. Let's be honest. That's, that's probably a toxic trait. Yeah. You know, you, 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 I, if I do something nice for somebody, it's because I want to, when it comes to like family and stuff like that, sometimes I feel like I need to, but one of the things I've learned is I need to also take time for myself. You know, I love my mother to death, and I will say I'll do anything for her, but when she calls me when she's down in San Diego and says, hey, can you come from Long Beach to San Diego to pick me up to take me to Orange County for 20 minutes because I want to go to this store and then take me back to San Diego, I'm like, fuck no, not going to do that. I I love you to death, but that's just not going to fucking happen because the amount of stress that's going to cause me and piss me off is not good for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but before we, I send it to either Eddie or Eli, what's crazy this is that in the last four days, I've had five different people tell me like, oh, you know, Beige, like you're a giver. It could be time. It could be an ear. It could be a shoulder. It could be whatever. You're a giver. And the problem with being a giver is there's a shitload of people out there that are takers. Takers. And they will take and take and take. They'll take until everything's gone. Until you're empty. And, and then, then ask one, for more. Yeah, exactly. You're empty and there's nothing left. It's like it's like reaching in the bottom of a cookie jar. You keep reaching around. There's no cookies in there. Keep reaching around, scra- like scraping up the inside of it. It's just all fucked up. It's empty. Then pulling your hand out and throwing it away. Because that's what they'll do to you. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's what a taker does. And they'll keep doing it and keep doing it. And, like, the problem with me is, is like, I see that shit. And, like, people have their... It's gross, but they have their hand down in me, and so yeah, I just in you. yeah, right. It's all up in me, and reaching around and scratching up my insides, but my insides is my fucking soul and spirit, and they're scratching that shit up and then pull it out and just throw it away because at that moment they don't need me anymore. 
Mm-hmm. So that's that. That's that shit yeah. that that hurts from hey. back then. Oh shit! You're Where? still here, Chunk. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. for sure. Nice to. I had it on. I've had it on mute. Yeah. But no, with that, there was something I I, I saw. I, I think it was like a TikTok video, or it was like something that pops up on my my Instagram. But um, the way that you're referring to those people that just take take take, um, this is what that person said. Those are seasonal friends. Yeah, they take they take it when they need it. They they have you around when they when they want what you have. But once they got it or got everything they need, then you're they, out. Yeah, now they're moving on to something else. It's it's all seasonal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not there for the long haul. They're just there for the fun time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're the oh, takers. No, I, I, yes, yes, Rob. I've been here. <laughs> I listen to your story. Don't worry. I got. I started getting a little emotional, reflecting. Over here. So we had to go on <laughs> mute. <Okay. laughs> you had to go on mute. So I don't know if you want to do Eddie or you want to go Eli. Which which one do you want to go? Is Chunk going to share with us? I'll, clearly, I mean, I'll clearly Eli, Eli doesn't, I'll doesn't want to share. <laughs> he got to pass it off yeah, to Chuck. Uh, cause no. I'm asking because he's still joining us. Well, yeah, yeah. he's going to be on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know he was on there. I'm the one who has him on the thing. I'll go. Okay, Eddie's going to go. Go, ahead, Eddie. Well, let me just press. Uh, uh, I'm just going to, if I can jump in real quick. All I want to say is that everything I share is because I'm comfortable with it, and I'm not trying to get anybody to, you know, share anything that they're not comfortable with or talk about things they're not comfortable with. Uh, everything that All I right, say. I'm out. <laughs> I'm just saying that you know, from from my experience, I've had quite a few years to deal with some of the things, and I'm not, I am nowhere near as mentally healthy as I probably should be, uh, or would like to be. But the things that I do talk about are things that I am comfortable with sharing with people and would openly share. And so I just just saying to to you guys, I'm not trying to get anybody to share more than they're comfortable with. With that being said. Uh, which one of you fuckers going to share? <laughs> Go ahead, Eddie. No, I mean, honestly, yeah, being vulnerable is uh, it's a hard thing. Like, and, like, you were talking about it earlier, you know, as men, you know, we're not supposed to fucking talk about our feelings, right? Yeah, we're feelings are for to, girls. You're supposed to be a man, right? right? Toughen yeah. up. Fuck Don't that, fucking dude. cry. Fuck that, man. Like, we fucking have feelings. We have fucking shit that we want to get out of our chest, you know? And, you know, all you guys here, you know, with the exception of uh, Chunks, you know, I think I've reached out to all of you guys before about my personal shit, you know. And don't, re- is- don't worry, you can reach out to me anytime you want. <laughs> you just want to reach around. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, base, hey, base knows anytime. Fucking, you need to talk. Fucking, I'll listen. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I went through a really deep depression like about eight ten years ago um, when I broke up with my ex and. I don't know what the fuck I was going to do. And my thing was, fuck it. I'm just going to drink every fucking day. Drinking, drinking. That was my escape. You know, to a lot of people's escape. It is. And and until finally I decided to actually also talk to a therapist, you know. And of course, you know, I didn't want to tell anybody because, again, it's that stigma that goes with it. Yeah. You tell somebody, oh, I'm talking to Charles. Oh, you're fucking crazy. You don't know how to handle your own shit. What's wrong with you? Yeah. You know? And. You know, same thing going with my buddies. I would, you know, I would try to, you know, start a conversation about what was going on with me. And they were just like, oh, you're just being a little bitch. You're having another drink. 
or, or laugh it off and make oh, a joke yeah. about it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, and there's like, other bitches. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, that's yeah, the thing yeah. that sucks sometimes is not knowing how to bring things up. Sometimes we do bring things up kind of in a jokingly manner because we want to address it, but we're trying to we're trying to test the waters, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah, like yeah. when everybody kind of like just kind of gives you shit for it, you kind of like, shove uh, it back down yeah, and like, yep, yeah, nope, not nah, doing nah, this. Nah, I wasn't talking about, yeah. yeah, no, yeah but. I just fucking around, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get drunk, go fuck some pussy. Yeah, but I mean, even to now, dude, like, I'm not in that, you know, deep depression mode like I was before. Like, if you think I'm bad now, you should see me back then. <laughs> it scares me that he laughs after that. Yeah. You think I'm bad now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I sent a kitty to an ATM. You have no idea. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, I, there's still days that I have my, my days where I get emotional and, you know, shit pops in my head and... I guess because I'm always thinking, I, I can never rest my fucking mind. I'm always thinking ahead. I'm always like, okay, what am I going to do tomorrow? What I got, what do I have to do at work? You know, what's going to go after work? What do I have to get done? You know, it's my large, like, I'm always thinking, and I hate that about myself. Because I can never let the, let's say an event, right? Mm-hmm. I can never be like, just enjoy it. Okay. I'm always thinking like, okay, how long are we going to be here? What time are we leaving? What time am I going to get home? What am I doing after this? What are, yeah. Even even when I watch... I, dude, even when I watch YouTube videos, I start a video and I'm always like, okay, what am I going to watch once this one's done? I'm not even like 10 seconds into the fucking video and I'm already, already thinking like... Flipping, flipping for the next. What, what am I going to watch next? Yeah. You know, and I hate that about myself because I can't enjoy shit. You know, even when, I'm, when I go to the concerts, I'm always like, okay, what time are they going on? What songs are they going to fucking play so I know which one... You know, to kind of bounce out and leave. Like I've seen that you get, you've asked the, I get angsty. The, the what is it? Uh, yes for the list. Yeah, yes, I ask. Uh, I get anxious. You know, and that's my problem sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I mean, of course, sometimes it has to do with the fucking alcohol in it. But um, the cure to and cause of all life's problems, exactly alcohol. That's you why know? they're called spirits. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh wow, that was good. That was good. A little round of applause. But um, going back to like you know, I was talking to Beish that you know sometimes just talking to a therapist is like an amazing thing because you're talking to somebody who doesn't know and won't judge you for what you've been going through. Mm-hmm. They're just there to listen mm-hmm. because if you talk to somebody that already kind of knows you, they're just like, oh man, just brush it off. And you know, that's not how you see, you know, we see it differently and now you're wrong, blah, 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 you know. Well, not to cut you off from there, but I feel like sometimes too, like other people, it's uncomfortable for them. Yeah. So that's why they yeah. don't want to talk about it yeah. too, because now you're invoking, you're, you're you're requiring them to, to be vulnerable as well. To, yeah, to have these feelings and, and to be vulnerable yeah. as well, and to open up and to to listen and be sincere. You know, and then like to tell you the truth, how many times is it? I mean, for me to try to talk to a girl about shit like that, it's just again, it's like a no no, because then girls see you less than of a man. I mean, I hate to say, it, uh, but yes, I, I I can I can understand that feeling, you know. Um, I have definitely talked to girls that weren't that I wasn't in a relationship with mm-hmm. that I can have that open conversation with and it's all right. But I, I I hear what you're saying. Trying to talk to my significant other that way. I remember the the same girl I was just talking about. Like uh, mm-hmm. right before we broke up, like I could t- I could feel the depression. I could feel it fucking building in me. And like we probably hadn't had sex in like in a month or anything. Like I was just I was just everything sucked right i just i saw no no ends to things and i remember like even telling her like kind of sitting on the edge of the bed and like kind of just throwing out there like i think i think i think i'm depressed 
and she just changed the subject yeah, and moved right. on to something yeah. else because she didn't she want, want to deal with touch it. Touch that yeah, subject? Didn't right? want to deal with that. Yeah. Just let's just we're, let's just go to the store. Like we're we're planning on our day. Let's just continue on with our day. Like you know, not even we'll talk about it later. Just no, just like never never came up with it. Right? Never, yeah. <laughs> never came up. And then I I would say probably like two weeks later, it's finally when she was like, yeah, I think I think I'm done. You know, and I think that's what hurt for me for me hurt more too was like. I'm over here I, I, trying I, to talk I, to you. Right. And- I, I tried to talk to you about this, like, mm, you know, and you just, I felt abandoned. Pushed away. Yeah. You know, and like that, that is even worse, you know, push you, you down less. Yeah. Sorry. You know, and like I said, like with the beige, like, you know, he's over here, like, you know, the drip and, you know, like you're a good guy, blah, blah, blah. And I don't see this shit in myself. Right. Because mm-hmm. like you guys were saying, like. I'm that one guy that everybody just oh just ask Eddie or he'll do it or he, you know ask him for anything he'll, he'll he'll drop anything just to fucking do to help you out you know I'm that one that never says no and I hate that about myself because like you said if I say no then I feel like I'm the dick I'm an asshole mm-hmm. for not saying yes you know and you know Bash has helped me out with you know me getting you know I don't want to say cocky but I'll say it cocky <laughs> but you know it's just you know getting, getting my strut getting getting, your getting strut my, my my self-esteem better you know well that's right. a, i think that's the thing that we all work on i mean like look i'll be honest i'm still kind of working on that you know um the girl that i just recently broke up with like i mean i, I still like her and miss her but like that's what one of the girls i asked uh, one of the girls at work had hit me up hit me up and is like well are you seeing anybody are you are you out, you know, are you out banging anybody or nothing? I'm like, I just, I'm not in that place yet. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't feel like I'm okay to do that yet. I want to get back in touch with me and get comfortable back with me. Cause once, once I'm good with me, then it's easy to get that people up. get yeah. attracted to that. Yes. Like people, people radiate towards, well, freaking, you, you hear that, you know, you got to love yourself before you love somebody else. But it's, tr- it's true. It's it more is. true than, it it's, is. Than, than it is cheesy. You know, and it's funny because everybody always tells me all the time, it's like, dude, how the fuck is it that you can go anywhere and you fucking talk to people like nothing? Yeah. Like, you get along with everybody. You know how many people would hit me up about you? Like, dude, he's got so many fucking girls. Like, every time I look on his Instagram, he's just fucking instancing with chicks. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because of the way that I now carry myself where I'm like, this is me. This is what you're going to get. You know, I'm not going to front something that I'm not, but this is just me. And I think that's what people like about me that i'm just you know myself the other day when we went to the the angels game what did you say you like i was like holy shit you know every fucking person we were literally just walking in and hey eddie what's up i'm like, hey what's up and then like three minutes later like three hey, other eddie. people like you know yelling at me like hey eddie what's up i'm like and the funny part is none of them were actually from work yeah mm. so um funny story well, not funny, but... i got i got a i got a question What's the what's the difference between uh, self esteem and self or like confidence? Is there much of a difference? I think they go I hand think, in hand. I, I think self confidence is something you project. Mm-hmm. I think self esteem is just something you feel. I, I, I could agree with that. I mean, yeah. I'm not I'm not obviously you know we're not trained freaking professionals no. on this. So. But I, I think for me, no, like, no, no. The, reason, the just... reason the reason the reason I'm asking because how he. Like what Eddie's talking about, it's like especially the way like he's carrying himself now compared to what it was then. It's more, it, it sounds like more he built his confidence up. But yeah, the self esteem happened, and, and I think it was Eli said it. Like yeah, they do go hand in hand. I'm pretty sure, but it, 
I like now it's a lot more confidence in himself. So I think it's the self esteem that you, that you need to work on first, where then you get the self confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I would say I yeah. think I think the difference between confidence and esteem is is confidence is knowing that you can do something, and esteem is feeling good about yourself. Yeah. There you go. Right? That's so, really like, like okay. if you came into my bar, I know I can make you a fucking drink. That's no fucking problem. I got confidence. I, I know I'm going to make something fucking good because I got that kind of confidence. But, uh, you know, my esteem may waver when I go up to a, a bartender that's better than me and they start talking about things that are over my head that I don't understand. Now my esteem drops because I don't feel like I'm on their par. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, it, does right. that make kind of sense? At least that's how yeah, my, yeah, my understanding yeah. of it. You know? Yeah, I was just, I was just, I, I was just like I said, I was just sitting here listening, and that's, I was just thinking about that, like because I, I think people, where, 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 where is it self esteem, and then where, where does it turn into confidence? Because I think people can do things with confidence, but still have low self esteem about mm-hmm. themselves. You know, I can, I know yeah. I can do this thing good. I'm good at this, right? But like, my self esteem isn't so great that like I'm going to go up to everybody and tell everybody how great I am. Like, I know I can do it good, but I'm not going to go around telling everybody how good I am. Although, uh, when it comes to drinks, I definitely do. (laughs) So I'll, I'll, I'll finish off with this. There was a, there was a guy that I met at at the bar at the Glen and you would see him and he'd be like, you know, the guy that walks in there, like, oh, he's here. Like, cause you know, tall guy, you know, good looking guy. Right. You talking about me? No, I said good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my, but no. Oh, oh! What, what'd you say? <laughs> he didn't have hair. <laughs> oh. But um, you know, I had seen him a couple times, and it was just like, "Hey, what's up?" You know. But um, one day he was just there, and he saw me, and he just came over and like hugged me, and I was like, "Dude, are you okay?" He goes, "Nah, man, I'm I'm not I'm not feeling it, dude. I I don't know what I'm doing. Like, like I need to talk to somebody." And I was like, "Okay." I got scared because I was like, "I I only know you for from like just looking at each other, but never like sat down and actually talked with each other." But I was like. You know, I do. Just have a seat with me, man. Let's just, you know, have a drink. Let's talk it out, right? Poured his fucking heart out to me, you know. Told me his whole story and, you know, shitty, you know, life he's going through. You know, didn't know what he wanted to do. You know, he was thinking bad thoughts, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I told him, like, listen, I'm going to go to the fair tomorrow. Why don't you come with me and we can hang out? You know, get yourself out of that space. And he goes, are you are you sure? Are you like, can I really go with you? I was like. Yeah, dude, we can go and hang out, you know, have fun. So we went, hang out. You know, he was actually, uh, I wanted to get him to clear his head. Right. Because at that point, he was in a dark spot. Right. And I told him, like, listen, now that you're sober, I need you to understand this. You need to talk to a professional counselor, you know, therapist, you know, and it's okay. You know, and he took my advice and he actually did end up talking to a therapist and he I saw him like two months afterwards and he was like, hey, man, thank you. I'm sorry if I came across like that, you know, that day. I just saw you and I just wanted to like because you, you, he needed somebody. He, he felt like I was a safe haven. Like, you know, I can go with him. He's not going to judge me. He's not going to, you know, push me away or say anything bad to me. Well, probably some of the sa- maybe some of the safety, too, was not knowing you. And that's so, like, so, yeah, so yeah. it's like it's like, yeah, I can pour my guts out to a fucking stranger because worst case scenario, I'll just ignore you next time I see you. You know, if, yeah. it, if I feel weird about the situation. But yeah, yeah. It's so, not like you need to get but, that out. Uh, yeah. He you know, I'm glad that he did that that day. And I'm glad, glad I was too. there, you know, and. 
Ditto. You know, he doesn't go to the bar anymore, and I do still talk to him on social media, but he says that he doesn't want to do that because he knows that that's a trigger for him. And I'm like, listen, as long as you can understand what's a trigger and you're doing something about it, I'm like, that's perfectly fine. He said, like, he's like, I started drawing again. Like, you know, I'm doing better at my work. I'm like, there you go. So you found what not to do to get you in that in that position. I'm like, maybe down the line when you're, you know, a lot better that you can understand, like, I can have this drink and not make it, you know, get me back into that dark place that I used to be, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm just going to do a little bit of summarizing of what we're talking about and then I'll share. So uh, one of the things that I've noticed is that we, we actually talked about this before. Um, this actually came from you from a podcast a while back. Um, we discussed that your inner circle is really important about who you hang, your, who you, uh, hang around with because it's a, it makes an impact to your mental, to your, to your emotional and uh, physical yeah, to state of mind. a circle or a cage. It, it's either a circle or a cage, like Ooh, you said. Interesting. I like that. So... Um, one thing that I wanted just to speak on to what, um, you were saying earlier, Robert, was that, well, you know, maybe I'll share up and you guys will joke. I will tell you this and I'll speak for the gentleman here and also, um, Chunk. We may joke around and talk shade like we always do, but if it comes down to a place where we need somebody to talk to, we're definitely going to be open and receptive and be there because we've all been to a dark spot. So that's one comment I wanted to say. Um, another thing from experience from what we've all talked about, we've all suffered and, sun, and seen and experienced detrimental hardship one way or another. Mm-hmm. And I will share this. Um, I don't know if I ever shared this before in the podcast, but I know Beige knows a, li- a little bit about this and so does Eddie. So uh, for me, I've seen a lot of medical situations that actually have made an impact in my life. I saw my mom go through cancer mm-hmm. and it wasn't a couple. It wasn't a couple years. It was, it was a long time. My mom was fighting it on and off, and I would see. I was watching my mom deteriorate from being like a healthy, full woman to being skin and bones, and that process itself fucked me over. Seeing my mom literally die. So that's one thing. Another thing during that time frame, um, I was. Barely, I think, a freshman in college, I was, you know, had aspirations and goals. I'm like, I'm going to go to school. And, you know, I actually got a scholarship for writing and poetry. So I was, you know, I was good at writing. And I actually stopped going to college to pick up four different jobs to help out my family. Now, the for me, I never like talking about these things because for me, I feel like it loses value. I do things like you were saying, right, because it had to be done mm-hmm. at that moment. I didn't think about me at that moment. I didn't think about anybody else. I just saw a need. Um, at that time, my dad actually got injured at work. He works maintenance. So another frustrating thing, but my dad was trying to pull up a stove up in an apartment and it was falling off. My dad reached over it with his right hand. And he pulled three ligaments. It was a shoulder, his elbow and his wrist. So instead of the company that he's been working there for several years and picked it up when it was going into bankruptcy, my dad literally did all the jobs he picked it, uh, did uh, painting, drywall, electricity. He was basically tra- training all the employees how to do all of that. Cause my dad has a license for all of it. Mm-hmm. So he saved this company from going bankrupt instead of the company saying, we'll take care of you. Let's help you out. They gave him a notice, get back to work or you're fired. So during this time frame, uh, 
my mom was diagnosed with cancer. My sister was uh, pregnant with twins at the time. And she, the, at that time, the doctors were saying that my sister was going to die or the twin nephews were going to die. Uh, my uncle uh, recently passed away during that time frame. And my uncle passed away from alcoholism. So he saw that he was trying to fight alcoholism in the only way that he could because he was depressed himself and alcoholism runs in the family and what happened was it was too late he just stopped cold turkey stopped drinking completely and his whole body was requesting needing it and he was hospitalized and died i saw all that i saw his body inflate i saw him literally die in front of me so that was hard for me because he's my second dad i grew up with my with my uncle and my aunt ever since i was a kid i I was blessed to say i had two set of parents i had my personal mom and dad who were very um strict very reserved and i grew up in quotation mark christian home so it wasn't necessarily a safe haven and i'd always go with my second parents to kind of help me consult and help me get through some shit so watching my uncle pass away watching my mom going through cancer hearing that the doctors are telling that my sister was going to die or my twin nephews were going to die, and then seeing my aunt, after all that happened, go through cancer, you know, all of that completely fucked me. But I never talked about it. I never approached anybody with it. Um, I made a attempt at the time with some friends who I thought were my friends. They didn't, they didn't hear me out. They did exactly what we said, right? And I don't blame them because I don't. I can't expect someone to be empathetic or understand the emotions and the trauma that I'm dealing with. But what they would do is, man, stop being a bitch. Grab another drink. Or they didn't know how to approach the situation, and they would be like, "Oh, uh, if you need anything, yeah, let me know." It's it, like it's all yeah. awkward. It's awkward. Well, that's what I say. There's you know, two things with that. One, right. it's it's uncomfortable for them, right? Because, the, and then the other thing I have found, because because uh, I my dad died of cancer as well. Mm. Uh, he, the cancer took him in six months. So when you're talking about watching your mom like deteriorate, I mean, I watched that same thing with my dad mm. six months, and then I was I was there when they that the hospital he was in hospice like when he took his last breath. I mean, mm-hmm. I was I was right next to him. I saw it happen, and so like yeah, that fucked me up. I had, a, I had a brother committed suicide, had an uncle that I was very close to that, that died, mm. heroin, heroin got him. Um, and the thing that sucks is when you try to talk to people about it, one, it's uncomfortable for them, so they don't know how to address it. But two, right. if they've never been through that, they, again, don't know how to address it. They so, don't understand. They like don't... one of the things that I, that I started or whatever, you know, I put that in quotes, is I have uh, the Dead Dads Club, right? Okay. So I have friends that they have lost their dads, too, and... And it's weird because I have friends that I've known much longer than them that know me better than them, but cannot relate to me on that level. When it mm-hmm. comes down to trying to talk about my dad and how that makes me feel, because I mean, I love that man to fucking death. My, my best days uh, are days that I, I dream about him and it feels like I got to see him again. I was just talking about this the other day because I had mm-hmm. one about a week ago. Um, but then like when I try to talk to my oldest friend about it, mm-hmm. who did not get along with his dad, I mean, he has nothing to, he has nothing to bring to the table. He has no way to empathize with any of that because he doesn't understand it, you know, as opposed to a friend that I've known for much less longer of time that has gone through that that can tell me, like, yes, I, we, could, we can sit there and almost not really say words sometimes and understand the emotion that we're both feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing that's hard about, like, trying to talk to your friends about stuff sometimes is because you need somebody that 
can empathize and that can understand and that can relate to you on a on a personal level absolutely right and you know like like i was saying as i'm going through the story it's that like you guys i think we uh, as far as what we're talking about so far we relate on this point we saw a need we took action we did not take a moment for ourselves we put others before ourselves and we all agree that in a sense it's not correct it's unhealthy so that's basically what i did and mm-hmm. Uh, I'd help my dad pay for his uh, legal fees, for his attorneys, for my mom's medication, whatever my parents needed. And at the time, I was working at Joe's Crab Shack. I was working at GameStop. I was working at uh, Bar Bag in downtown Fullerton, just cleaning the bar. But that's it. Uh, helping my mom with the dealership that she had and cleaning cars. And the only time that I would sleep was on Sunday, sleep all day and repeat for the next months on end. Six days. So in that situation, you know, those are the things that I never really said to anybody. The only one who, the only people that know this and knows everything that I've done was my mom and my dad. I didn't feel the need to tell anybody. And the few people that I did tell, or at least trying me to vent, they couldn't relate and they couldn't empathize with me because they didn't see I was dying inside. And which is, which sucks because then you just shove that shit right back, back inside. Exactly. So that's something that I held on to for a very long time. Um, and throughout from then till now, presently, uh, I'm still, I'm not as fucked up to say at least like we agree. I'm not as fucked up as I was before, but I did have a mental breakdown where it was so severe. Um, I won't get into too much details, but I will say I did attempt to commit suicide. I did some inappropriate behaviors and I did, I called out beige was part of it. I called out some friends who were part of it. And at that time, I was in a very dark place. I didn't care what happened to me. I don't care who did it to me. I just wanted to die. And to not feel anything. To not feel anything. And it was the snowball effect of everything that happened in the past several years. It was the loss of my uncle, the loss of my aunt who passed away in 2019, the breakup of uh, one of my ex-girlfriends back in 2019. It was... The reality of who I thought cared for me and who I thought was really there for me. And in reality, they weren't. Um, The very few people that genuinely were there for me, I did not feel comfortable reaching out for multiple reasons because they're married. They have children. I don't want to burden them. I I, I didn't want to be like a, a, what is it, like a cause. I don't want them to feel like they have to be there, you know. And... I can though, say, again, don't mean to interrupt you, but I can definitely relate to that not wanting to be a burden to somebody. Right. Because that was a hard thing for me to like get over to be able to talk to people about stuff is I didn't want to be a burden, burden. You know, I don't want to be. Yeah. Like how you said, like a cause. I don't. I don't yeah. I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to be a fucking problem. You know, I want to be. I was always that solution for people, you know, yeah. and uh, that's a lot of times why the mask comes on. Yes, it's because I don't want to be a burden, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put on the jokey things, gonna gonna make some smart ass remarks, have and a couple laughs, and I'm gonna bounce out, and then I'm just gonna go home, and then like, be stuck in that. What we yeah. talked about, and this is one of the things that we can all agree on is when we're outside or like right now in this podcast, we can joke, we can be outside people, mm-hmm. but when we come home, we're dealing with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And one of the conversations we also talked in the podcast was spiraling. You have a trigger, from the trigger comes a thought. From the thought becomes this whole scenario to the point where you spiral to the abyss that you call depression. Mm-hmm. And uh, if there's a couple things that I will say that Beige and Eddie can also testify is that I'm so good to be strong for other people. 
I'm so good to be that support for other people, but not for myself. And um, the thing that I've learned um, is that obviously I can't run away with alcohol. It doesn't solve anything. Uh, obviously, killing myself is not going to solve anything. And uh, I did seek therapy. So at least for the good news, I did seek therapy. I did speak to a psychiatrist. But even then, I will say in general for everybody who is listening, it is very difficult to find the right one. So just like anything, you have to, if you if you look at one and it doesn't work, cancel, move on to the next. I, I'll agree with that. And I'm, I'm sorry we didn't mention that earlier too right. when we're talking about therapy. Because I, I would like to say too, the, well, the last time I went to therapy, the first guy I went to, like I went to him for probably about two, three months. And then like at a certain point, like he just kept bringing up you know, he kept bringing up the ex-girlfriend when I'm like trying to move on and I'm like, I'm getting nothing from this. Right. I feel like I'm just sitting here wasting my fucking time. And yeah, you had to, I had to go find somebody that I felt comfortable talking to and that when they replied to me or our interactions felt positive felt and that I was, I was getting somewhere. Right. And the problem with me with therapy, and this is just my just unlucky experience, I went through six different ones. The very first one, the very first time that I talked to somebody, I asked them, look, I'm a very logical person, but right now I'm very emotional and I just need to feel like I matter. Mm -hmm. And secondly, I don't want any type of medication. I don't. I just need support. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. The first thing that they did after they asked me a series of questions, medication. The very next day, I'm out. I went through another one. I told them the exact same thing. This is my expectation. This is where I want to be. This is where I need help. Okay, we'll help you get there. Okay. The first couple sessions was very genuine. And it was structured to the point where like, okay, I can sit here. But then they started to become judgmental. And when I mean by judgmental, they started telling me like, what is wrong with you? Why would you do these certain things? Instead of helping me understand like the core of my decisions. And then this is the sad part. I had to do self-assessment myself. A lot of the things that I had to self-assess, I didn't, nobody can help me out. I I tried, I thought that psychiatrist, psychologist would help me out. But moral of the story, after I went to the sixth one, I finally found somebody that was genuine. They met my goal and they actually negotiated to the point where like, okay, like, look, I see where you're coming from and I see what you want, but I'm going to have to ask you to meet me in the middle. I'm going to give you X amount of sessions after X amount of sessions, if I don't see any progress, I'm going to have to ask you to support me and I'm going to place you on light medication. But after the light medication, I need you to be thorough and follow through. Can you promise me that? I promise you I'll give you exactly what you're looking for, but I need you to meet me in the middle because I have to tell you, I have to diagnose you with severe anxiety, depression, and I also need you to understand that this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. You're on the, you're on the, what is it? You're getting close to a very sensitive point. So I had to, they had to place me, I keep forgetting the name, but on that course for extremity, I forgot what it is, but they had to go to a course. Mm-hmm. They sent me for a whole week to um, an isolate. Well, obviously during the time during the pandemic. So I'm watching the video, I'm here with other people, but as I'm talking, it's a very severe case. They're talking about um, the parameters of depression, the parameters of personality. Are you the hero? Are you the um, codependent are you the victim and all of this kind of comes into play about your mentality and your behavior so moral of the story of what i'm trying to say at least with the therapist do it it's not going to be the first one and done it's not i'm not going to say it's for everyone but i will say give it a shot 
and don't let that one person tarnish your ability for mental health. Right. If, if you if you talk to somebody and it didn't work out, that's okay. Go find somebody else. else. Exactly. Because at the first time I did it, I was already reluctant. I didn't want to do it. I think I, everybody's reluctant though, and, when they and, first and my mind My mindset was, I'm a man. I don't need this shit. I can figure it out. But then I realized, no, I can't do it. So that's okay. But that's why I want people to at least get that motion of the story. Mm-hmm. And from then to where I'm at right now, I will say the therapy did help. I've been doing a lot of journaling. I'm a writer, so I do a lot of poetry. I do a lot of um, sonnets. I do a lot of just thoughts. And it's all thanks to... I guess my, my inner circle. I will say that each one of the people, even at this table, um, have helped me out in one way or another. And for me, what I want people to understand is that just because you say I am weak doesn't mean that you're like. That you can't be that strong. you can't be strong. Right. You, you can't say to yourself that nobody gives a shit when in reality you may feel that nobody gives a shit. Mm-hmm. But there are certain people that you want to also understand that they're there for you but the other thing too is is i get that feeling but it, there's people that give a shit but that don't know that you're hurting either because you, you don't talk because you don't talk because you because you put up the fucking mask, what, the mask this is, this is the, safer the to do, yeah. exactly you know? so and uh what one thing that uh beige saw and, th- and this is a true story and here he is he can validate it one of the reasons why we created this podcast and and he told me later was to help me, to help Eddie, because during that time frame when this initially started, we were in a very dark place. And I know Beige wanted to create a community. He wanted to create an environment where we can just talk and have a good time. And as you can tell, we can talk for hours about anything. So that being said, when he told me that, I was in shock. I was like, what? You 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 created the what well, we like we I, we we created the name the return of the critics we were going back and forth and he's like hey what we, what do you think what we talk about I was like well I love movies I love video games comic books that's what I'm good with and he's like well yeah I like wrestling like this and it turned out to you know going to where we're at right now mm-hmm. so just to think that this show or this podcast whether you know people follow us or not will people like us or not overall this show initially came brotherhood it came for our mental sanity it came to create an environment where we can just if we, if we don't want to talk about what's going on internally we can talk about the things that we enjoy mm-hmm. and this camaraderie this brotherhood this uh, pact of the roc the helped out eddie create the drip helped out all of us in a sense where we just are working on ourselves in our own way but having this show allows us to just have this community and talk about anything and everything that we want and distract ourselves from when we go home and we think to that insecurity, right? So the only thing I think you're wrong about is Eddie was always the trip. Come always on. No, but what I was going to say earlier was just based on the fact of like, dude, I hadn't cried once since my grandfather passed away. Mm-hmm. My grandfather was big base. He taught me everything that I know, not everything I know, but a lot of stuff that I, move forward within my life to where like certain stuff I tell Eddie is certain stuff that like my grandfather told me and it was shit that was poignant to me where it was just like you know he was big base you know I was named after him you know he was the guy like you said about your dad that's my grandfather mm-hmm. like all good things I ever had was with him right it was like him teaching me how to throw a ball him teaching me how to hit him teaching me you know about hitting on girls and doing other shit like like that that was him. Like him teaching me to shave when I was like six. He's like, I don't know how long I'm, I'm, I'm going to be around, but I'm going to teach you how to do this now just so you know how to, how to do it. And then, uh, you know, 
I'm going to guess that lesson didn't take very well. It did because I have a beard now. <laughs> uh, I cut myself up that day. It was so it was, it, was, it was so bad. You're like, fuck this. I never do this again. Yeah. So, you know, to why I said that is because, like, the last couple of days, dude, I've been crying, like, every day. And for me, it's difficult because, like, I sit there and I look out and I'm like, like, I have four kids that are under 18 that see me as like dad like not just dad and eli can you know it's like the way deja sees me and the way the boys see me is like i'm fucking way up here you're god yeah i'm literally god like nobody can fight me nobody can outcook me no nothing you you're know what i mean like you're invincible yeah. yeah but that's i think how children view their their parents well, yes yeah, yeah. i'm saying but just to to have that not in somebody that I helped make, which is like Deja, is like in boys that I came into their life and they see me like that now. Like that helps and that, that it, it's a weird way to put it, but it adds hurt onto it when stuff happens to you because then you're just like, at any moment I can lose all of this. And then when you start thinking about that and then you start thinking of what's going on in your life and then like just the, the like when I think, what you call me, Saturday? Yeah, so Eddie called me Saturday, and I'll be, like, transparent. I don't, you know, like, I'm always on here. Like, I was going to kill myself. Pretty fucking point blank. I felt like I had nothing, nobody. I was just sitting there, and it was, like, lights off in the dark, and I was counting the ways of why I should be here. I had a ball of Terramanu. The rocks, you know, alcohol, and I had both of them actually, and I had a knife. And, and those who don't know, Beige does not like alcohol. No, I do he not. does not like to smoke. Have you ever drank alcohol, Beige? Uh, I drank one uh, shot for April's birthday. I took another shot because she's that's why like New Year's or whatever, and that's it. So, not really a drinker at all. No, at all. No. Um, I probably get drunk off fucking beer foam. I, I guess I don't. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's all about those apple teenies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey yeah. they're actually pretty good. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so course, like, so chunks. Eddie would like. Them. Yeah. Well, I like a pomegranate. <laughs> so chunks been through this twice. Because this happened, um, before. But you know, I had means of you know having a fucking gun, um, but. Just this past, you know, week or whatever, having that thought, and then Eddie calling me out of the blue, but I found out it wasn't out of the blue because Brandy had hit you up, um, and Eddie talking to me for like thirty minutes, and I remember um, Robert texted me out of the blue for something. I don't even think it was for anything like me. Yeah, mm, I think you hit me up on Saturday. Well, no, I had hit you up on Saturday because of something that was on the thread. Okay. I think I hit you up to tell you something or whatever. And then you asked me, are you cool? And I was like, no, not really. And you were talking to me and you know, I've talked to Eli be, be, be before about his shit. Fucking chunk already knows. Like I talked to him, but it's just more of a point. Like when you get to that point, and I think people should really, really understand this point. Like we are five very different looking fucking dudes. None of us look anything like each other, like body wise or just anything like, like, Rob likes way different shit than I like. Eli likes way different shit than me, than Rob. We are all different dudes. We all have the same fucking problem, though. 
And it's the same problem of not being able to tell other people how we're feeling because we think that you're going to judge us to a point where we feel like, why did I even say anything? Right. And then once you have that thought in your head of like, why did I even, why did I even say anything? That thought stays in your head and you don't say anything. Mm-hmm. I, I think what's worse is when you finally build the courage to say something and it gets kind of brushed off. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's where you get the, why did I even bother to try? Yeah. Now I feel like a fool. So I don't know about you guys, but I know since my last major dis- depression incident that uh, I, I try to be more open and talk about things. Um, you know, uh, I, I try to ex- express how I'm feeling because I know I, I've learned from my personal self uh, holding it in is super destructive for me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it only leads to that dark place, you know, that, that dark room with the, uh, you know, with you the start, no light, the with tunnel. To spiral. Yeah. You just start to spiral. Like you, or your metaphor, it's the tunnel. There's no yeah, light. It's no just light. stuck in darkness. Chunky buns. Hey, uh, yeah. Uh, just to add to what you're saying, uh, base, um, no, when he, because he was texting me when I was at work, and I mean, I probably should have done it sooner, but at the same time, like, I, I end up calling him and talking to him the next day. But I am calling the cops. Yeah, he will to do have that. him go check check on him. Because I did, because again, this wasn't the first time it happened, but what he was texting, like, it didn't quite sink into me, but at the same time, it's like him just kind of getting through that mode. Uh, he's in that that headspace, but I didn't know what direction it was gonna go. But I mean, when he sent sent one of the last messages, so by the time I called called the police, like it'd been like probably about three or four hours. I mean, if anybody was like serious, then that was insanely too much time. Yeah. But um. But. After I had called the police and everything and, and told them, gave information, all that stuff, they were going to send somebody out to go check on him. I called him probably about about 15 minutes after that. And he picked up. Like, he woke up or whatever, and he picked and, – and we were just chatting. And I told him straight up, I'm like, dude, I called the cops to come check on you. So I didn't know because literally the long text message, it, it there was nothing – it didn't show in any way that the sun was coming up for you. Yeah. So, and I, I, I didn't want to go through that again because I had that same regret the last time when, when, when everything happened with the, with the uh, ex-wife that I didn't do it then. Oh, yeah, so I he... wasn't going to take that chance and do it. I, I was like, fuck it. I'm sending. So I, I, I should have done it sooner. Like I said, but I was like, no, I'm going to fucking do it. And I called them because I, I can't go over there. I can go over there after I'm done with work. But but he I might need somebody now. Well, yeah, because last time it was a misfire. Like, I tried. Mm-hmm. And fucking gun misfired. He, 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 misfired with, he misfired with the gun. Mm-hmm. And um, he let go of the wheel on the freeway. And yeah, what going like 130. I was going 130 on the freeway. There was nobody on the freeway, though. I made sure I was on the freeway. Nobody was there, so I wouldn't hurt anybody else. And I let go of it, and the shit just, the car just literally, like, fucking spun it a little bit. It kept going straight, didn't it? Yeah, it kept going straight, then spun a little bit, and then stopped. Hmm. Like, no crash, no, just fucking kept going, and then just fucking spun a little bit, and then stopped. That's all that, yeah. that, that fucking happened. 
I was like, son of a bitch, I can't even do this right. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Probably did not help the depression at all. No, it didn't. I was just like, fuck, something else I can't do. But yeah, it's... uh, But yeah, that was... Anyway, so... All right. So my end of this this whole podcast is, I guess I was somewhat lucky enough um in the sense of so i think i was like 22 and and um and my dad passed away from cancer and of course it's the same thing i mean i saw him deteriorate i mean same guy grow up you think he's fucking gonna be around so fucking old you're fucking old taking care of him at your house like that's always what it is mm-hmm. he's going to be around forever and sure shit life fucking has other plans right and uh he i mean lucky enough that i it got to the point because so my dad had his bladder removed so he had to get a bladder made for him so we would always have to use catheters and help him to to drain it out and everything and it was like every like four to five hours so uh, it was it was a group effort with 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 different people to help him, and so that was that whole process. And um, but little by little, you could see the differences. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 like life was deteriorating for him. And um, like there were times where like I had to leave work because my mom called and she said that he was in his bed violently shaking. He was super cold, but he was hot. And so, and of course, he's already gone gone through his surgery and everything. So, all right, we got to take him to the emergency room. So I'd have to leave work, and we'd sit in the emergency room for five, six hours until everything calmed down. Um, it's a lot for a 22-year-old to have to deal with, though. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it's a lot for anybody to have to deal with. Yeah, and, and so my sisters had left. Um I had a, a younger sister that was still around uh, before she moved, but um, yeah, my little brother was like fucking like at that point probably what twelve, eleven, twelve. So, um, but yeah, so anytime something would happen, my mom would call me. Oh, what do we do? Do we want to wait? Stop? We'll take him. I'm like, no, let's just fucking take him. Like, get it over with. But anyway. Um, I mean, as time went on, um, it obviously got harder and harder. Um, lucky enough, like one day I, I, he was in the kitchen and I just turned around and said, Hey dad, I love you. And of course it's, it's one of those where it's like, it's a different feeling. Like you get this like weird feeling that when you say that to, to somebody, especially somebody going through all of that and he's going through it because he wants to be around longer with you mm-hmm. and it's super difficult but um at the time i was volunteering at church i had volunteered in our confirmation program for like fucking 10 years and um so i and 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 a lot of the people do my family my parents and um so as as, as it got closer to the end, um, he he ended up being he ended up passing away. He was in a when he passed away, he was in a coma, 
so we were sitting there literally watching the machine, his heart rate going down. They had a drink, they were pumping him with adrenaline. That was literally what was keeping his heart going. Mm-hmm. And they're like, he can't sustain this. It's going to rip him apart. We have no choice. Um, so we saw that thing flatline. And it it was it was the hardest thing ever. Yeah. And of course, like there was like probably about six or probably about five or six friends that went to the hospital because he was up at City of Hope, and it's not like it's coming from Garden Grove up there. It's not like it's around the fucking corner. Mm-hmm. They drove up there just to go visit him, and and say what they wanted to say. I mean, I went in the room with them because it was like, I think it was like one at a time kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, or cut two at a time, something like that. But, um, anyway, those same friends, like it was like all those people at church, like it was a genuine, like community coming together because I was always, I, for them, I was always like the muscle. I was always the one that was watching their back. Yeah, I was a smart ass at the same time and could be a jerk from time to time, but there it was it, it, it almost was like they understood it was their turn to help me. Mm-hmm. And it it helped out tremendously. As I say, it sounds like yeah, you have some good people those, around you. Yeah, and like like hearing you guys talking about talking to therapists and all that, like I was fortunate that I didn't need to do that because I had those older ones that knew how to talk to me. They knew. And and there were, there were times where I just sat down and just went through a whole meditation thing to where like I would be listening to certain music. I would let the, I would just let the emotions run. Like because of going through confirmation and everything, like being a leader and being part of you, that was part of it. And and I just fuck it and I just used it. I'm like, if it worked for the some of the kids, why can't it work for me? So yeah. I just ran through my emotions over and over. And it helped to a degree, but there was a there was a good time there. And I mean, you're talking about early twenties that all this is happening and time where you're out probably out partying, out get those are it's like my older brother told me, your, your, your 20s are there to fuck up and mess around. Mm-hmm. And then your 30s are where you get serious. Wait, what? Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, but I didn't get to that point because, I mean, part of it's not exactly my personality. Mm-hmm. But, but I think from then on, I, I just felt lost. Like, I had, I had work. Like it wasn't people, people at new people at work knew about it. So they didn't bother me too much. Um, but I just, I mean, even now I feel lost at times. Mm-hmm. Like, am I going in the right direction? Is this where I should be? Where can I be better? Like it, it helped me turn into a self-reflecting and understand. Now I, I know how to take a step back and reflect. Is this where it's supposed to be? If he was here, is this what he would be like, yeah, this is what he's proud of? Or would he be kicking your ass to do better? Mm-hmm. But um, 
but yeah, so um, I remember one of the things that because I think it was I think it was Rob. I think you said it um, when you were talking about your mom. Mm-hmm. I remember when he was in the hospital, and they had called me and said that they're telling us like, "Hey, you and the family should should come." Or my mom, I think, called me saying that they called her saying that we should go up there because his numbers were dropping and they didn't know if he was going to make it through the night. Mm -hmm. And so we started collecting our stuff or whatever. And we got a hotel room up there. But, um, but before we left, I picked up my mom and, um, I stopped at the church and I walked in the chapel and there wasn't anybody else in there. It was just me. And, um, and I literally got on my knees, like, bent over like on all four and just just said hey i'm not gonna i'm not gonna ask you to heal him i'm not gonna hope for that nothing because all that is is being selfish he is in absolute pain at this moment he is miserable and he's only holding on because of us that is not fair to him free him if, yeah. if if he if he that's deep. if it is meant for him if it is meant for him to go then that is then then he needs to go because it's not fair for him to suffer and of course just in tears and um fuck <laughs> just reliving it fucking hurts yeah but, that's uh, intense dude like I can hear it in your voice man but um. So like I, I run through those uh, I run through those memories ever so often, but especially when I when I get to that point where it's like like I need some space or or whatever, like I'll I'll drive down to Huntington and go put down some flowers and clean up his headstones and just talk to him. Right. And uh, I mean it. it it usually calms me, or it does. I mean, it calms me down, absolutely. Um, and uh, and when it, I mean, what this will be the last thing I talk about, but um, when I was lucky enough because he, I went to Europe for a trip with church, and and uh. I'd gone into this argument. Um, I'd gone into this argument with this girl because she had called me out because I was just teasing the fuck out of her. Like, nothing, can, like, everything she was saying just made no fucking sense. So I was just fucking capping on her. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody around us was laughing. Like, we were having a good time. It was in a bus. So we were just fucking around. And uh, she called me out and I got pissed. And, uh, which I probably shouldn't have. Um, but I got so pissed, and and again, we're in Italy, driving across the country to go back to our fucking hotel, and I just I get out of the bus, I grab my stuff, I walk up to the fucking up to my room, and I, everybody else is hanging out, and I'm just, I was fuck this, so I just went to bed, and uh, and it's till this day, it's the most vivid fucking dream I've ever had. So somehow I end up waking up. Or I'm sitting on a check stand in a grocery store, but I'm waiting for my mom. I work at a grocery store, not her. So I didn't, I didn't understand how that worked out. 
but I start walking off down like like the back aisle. And you know how like some stores have like the, the split in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm walking down the back, and I'm just like, as you walk by, you're kind of like looking down to make sure nobody comes around the corner and fucking hits you. And uh, and I walk past, and I and I as I walk past the aisle, I stop. And I do one of those where I back up and like, and by then the person had walked like to the next aisle around and I hurry up down that aisle and I turn that corner and I just scream dad. And he turns around and he just smiles at me and I'm just standing there and just in tears. And, um, and he, uh, and I asked him, like, like I didn't know what to say, but all I could ask him is, are you all right? And he just smiles at me and just nods his head, yeah. And then he gives me, we, we just, he just gives me this big hug. And in that dream, even I woke up and I could still smell him. I could smell his scent. Like all of it, just I'm I'm wake up just in tears thinking about it. Well, I had I went and wrote it down in the journal that they gave us, like the whole fucking dream. And then after that, just it felt like all the tension I had built up had like just gone away. Mm. And I think that it was definitely what I needed on that trip because literally the day the day before we left was his funeral. Wow. So that, I mean, and where I'm at now is I, now I know how to, to, to kind of, when people have those feelings and, and they come up, like it's, all right, I'll listen. That's what I was saying with Eddie. I have no problem fucking listening. You, And, and what I always tell people, they're like, oh, it's not, not a big deal. It's like, you know what? You saying that to me? All I hear is that little that 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 thing that's not a big deal. It it's a big deal, deal. to you. Yeah. So I want to hear it. I I will listen to it. It doesn't matter if it's the smallest thing or the biggest thing. They both mean something to you. Exactly. I am willing to listen to it. Exactly. No, that's it's a funny you said that, Chunk, because I was thinking about something. I was thinking that same kind of thought as we were all kind of talking here is, you know, and I was thinking about people that may be listening that like maybe hear some of our stories and be like, oh well, you know. That's you guys went through some traumatic shit and some harsh shit, but like it's all relative, you know. What what just because we went through some things that maybe be a little bit more harsh than somebody else doesn't mean the things that other people are going through doesn't take the toll on them, you know? Right. What what may be what may be not harsh to me may be like the most traumatic thing in your life, you know? Uh, you know, maybe you still have both your parents, you know, and it was a friend of yours that, that passed away or something, you know, and you're you're hearing us talk and you're like, oh my gosh, like these guys had it so much rougher. Uh, you know, obviously maybe I am being a little bitch about stuff, but like, no, it's it's your life experience and everything that you've had to go through. If this is something that has a uh, a traumatic effect on you, then it has a traumatic effect on you. It, it it doesn't it doesn't need to be, you know, this this grand thing of 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 parents or brothers or or uncles or family like that. I mean, like it could be you you lost a childhood friend or something like that, right. and it can still have that traumatic effect on you. You know, we're we're all different, and things affect us all differently. 
you know. And that's the po- that's uh, the most important part to discuss is that every person has their emotions. They have their own thought process, and that's what makes us all different. Beige brought up a perfect example. We're all different. Mm-hmm. We all have different uh, perspectives of life. We may have we may agree or disagree on on movies and whatever, but in general, we are completely different people. We process information completely different, and what may be traumatic for one person may not be traumatic for another. The point is. Whatever impacts you personally, whatever it is that you feel, it's okay for you to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Just, just because you feel that way doesn't mean that it is that way, but these emotions need to be addressed. Right. If there's one thing that I will say that I've learned through therapy and a lot of people say, oh, that's generic, whatever. Uh, this is what what I would want to serve for people. If you feel angry, okay, be angry. But once you're done with that emotion, move on to the next one. If you're feeling sad, be sad, cry, deal with your emotions at the time that you need to deal with it. There is not a specific healthy uh, uh, time frame for you to be sad, a healthy time frame to be angry. But once you're done with that emotion, move on to the next. But it's okay for you to address it. Don't shove it down. Yeah. Don't ignore it. Don't it's okay to feel it. Doesn't, it. It's okay for you to feel it. If you're... You know, you need to cry, cry. It doesn't make you a sign of weakness. If anything, it's a sign of strength that you're letting go anything that's holding you down. If, if anything, I think it will make you stronger dealing with it and being able to move past it. Pushing things down is really, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to call nobody a coward for it, but it's its the not dealing with it that's going to make things worse. Right. It, 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 you know, you're not weak for crying. You're just, you're dealing with it. You're, you're, you're addressing it. You're, you're taking it head on. Right, and then I agree with you, Eli. Once you once you dealt with it, and you've been able to feel it, and you may get it again too. It may right. like it's it a just, wave. Yeah, it, it, just because you deal with it, did this, it doesn't mean it's gone forever. It may come back, and you may have to feel it again. Um, but dealing with it is a much better choice than pushing it down. Because if you push it down, it's just going to come back, and it's going to come back with a fucking vengeance. And and it's it's and, hard and, to deal with. And and, and with that, uh, I was going to say it earlier. The whole pushing down thing, fucking just holding on, fucking just holding on to it, just keep bearing it. Eventually, when it comes back with that vengeance, you're gonna take it's gonna get taken out on the wrong person. Right? Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. An the innocent bystander will take care of it. Unfortunately, maybe yourself like, even. Yeah. Like, like for me, like fortunately now, like I have a girlfriend that will sit down and like she she under she can tell when something's wrong. She could tell, like, just by the way I answer or anything like that, to where it's like, what's up? What's like, what's on your mind? Like, what's bothering you? And she's ready to sit there and fucking listen. She'll throw like her her, her thoughts or whatever into it, but she'll just sit there. And she she's definitely she she's amazing to where she's just she'll sit there and listen through everything. She is a shoulder. It's true, Sarah is amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. All right, Chunk. I gotta play a voicemail, so I'm gonna hang up on. Oh, you. that means I have to hang up. Yeah, on. Hang up on <laughs> hey, before you do, Chuck, uh, I gotta tell you this, man. Thank you for sharing that. I, yeah, thank you. That's Thanks, man. definitely gonna help out somebody out there. But at least with us, I thank you for being vulnerable, man. We appreciate you, man. And Harry's the shit. <laughs> hey, uh, but, uh, I'll be. I'll be honest. Your Canadian yeah. girlfriend sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> before you uh before you finish up this podcast make sure one of you uh put down the suicide hotline uh phone number yeah, yeah thank you, you thanks for making that it's a great idea that's a good idea yeah. boss all right, all right. gentlemen all right. i'll talk to you later all right thank you yes. Later, brother. Yeah. all right so i gotta 
This is fucked up to switch. Fucking. <laughs> so we have a voicemail on the thing, so I have to play him because. Well, I feel it. like we should kind of try to end this on a lighter tone. Well, that's what I'm well, saying. So that's what's like. That's what it's going to be. Is, it, is that what that's for? Um, well, that's why I wanted to play because I don't know if it's. Hopefully, it's not something. Oh, so you, you haven't, haven't heard, heard this yet? yet? You haven't heard, no, it? Haven't heard, heard it yet? Oh, oh, this is even better. Because yeah. yeah. it just it just pop up through that. That's why more better. Um, more better. But on what uh, Chunk was saying. Um, the National Suicide Prevention uh, Hotline is 1-800-273-8255 if you get if you use like your phone or use your laptop you can actually chat with some somebody so you don't have to actually be on the phone because some people just don't want to be on the phone and talk to some some, Mm -hmm. somebody some Mm -hmm. people need to hear someone's voice uh, to do it um yeah, so it's one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. That is the suicide prevention lifeline, not uh, hotline. And if I could jump in there, I'd just like to say, if, if you don't feel comfortable even using that, but you are in a dark place or you need help, just reach out to somebody. Re- reach out to somebody. You know, um, coworker, a friend, to, somebody. to anybody. I mean, you know, I'm not a religious person, but if you are, reach out to a priest, reach out to a family member, pastor, Some, any anybody that you know cares. Um, and even if you if you know you think nobody fucking cares, just reach out to somebody, please, because it it, it, it can be better. It does. You don't need to. You don't need to suffer alone, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, some, there's somebody out there that's that has been there, that knows, that wants to help. That not they're not just listening because like oh my god I got to they want to help you know I I would say listening to all of us talk all five of us including Chunk you know I think any one of us you know if you reached out to any one of us we would definitely want to listen we would definitely want to help you know yeah, definitely so going on to what to what you said as you guys can hear we have different hardships different stories different situations with each one of us as you can tell um, we've gone through it. We may not be a hundred percent, but at least we're we were able to overcome those hardships, or at least the the ones that were weighing us down, and we're still fighting. So it's a day to day battle. You know, people who are fighting depression, it's like a wave. And Eddie talked about Eddie and I talk about this all the time. There'll be days where he and I are having a blast. We have a phenomenal day, and then we get home, and something reminds us of a certain hardship or a reminder. For me, it would be like a reminder of my aunt and uncle, or a certain song or a scent, and it just plummets. So all I got to tell you guys is that there is a time and place for everything. That doesn't mean that you have to have a, a year, two years to recover from a loss of a family member or a loss of a loved one or a loss of a close friend. It is on you. Don't allow anybody to tell you how to feel. You feel what you feel. And this is the point of today's podcast is to show you that we are real. We're human beings. We take this very seriously. We joke and talk trash on one another, but ultimately deep down inside, we genuinely care for each other's mental health. We are here for supporting each other through thick and thin. And if we're able to do it and show that sign of vulnerability to an audience, to each other, to family and friends, that means you have the ability to do it. Like, you know, pretty Rob, Mr. Mr. Gentleman, Rob, like you said, talk, mm-hmm. reach out. Eddie? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, like we like saying, like we mess around, we joke around, but, you know, Mental health is a serious thing, and again, don't be afraid to talk to somebody. Um, like I said before, you know, even if you're a guy, you know, you you have the right to you know talk about how you feel and what's what's holding you down. So again, reach out to anybody. I mean, we even have our own hotline. You can just yeah, talk to just, us. You can just you can talk to us if you need to. I mean, 
again, we're not here to judge. If you really need help and you're you're not, you don't know how, just reach out to somebody. We're we're all here to help out. Yeah. Um. So this, I guess, will be the lighter note because I don't know. I hope this isn't like fucking some something horrible. But uh, yeah. So someone left us a voicemail. It's a, say, if it's one of our callers, it's something horrible. It's different number than <laughs> everything else, so it's a brand new person. So. Oh shit! Okay. Sith Lord. First off, I'd like to say that are, are, are any of you guys Metallica fans? Because this sounds like Lars's slower brother. <laughs> like he's talking. It's like he's talking Dude. like Lars. It's like from New York or something. Yeah. Oh, it's Bronx. Yeah. It's, Some a, it's, a, it's a thing from uh, Jersey, though. Oh, is it a Jersey? Oh, yeah. that's a Jersey thing? I think Dars is oh, wow. fucking what he's like Dutch or something. Yeah. But he's got a weird accent. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. 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 <laughs> from Jersey. Yeah. Very thick accent. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll all answer this way. Uh, there's a whole. There's actually a whole YouTube video about uh, Jar Jar joining the dark side. Yeah, that, I heard uh, of this. Yeah, I watched about half of it. The, the narrator was a little boring for me, so I couldn't keep going. But I like the idea that Jar Jar was really just a fucking zit that kind of manipulated Maybe, yes, all that shit yeah. to happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, granted, I, I don't buy into it, but I like the theory. I like the theory. I yeah. agree. Same thing. You know, I like the idea of it, but at the same time, you know. <laughs> Come on, Jar Jar. Jar Jar. Give me a fucking he break. a question about one of the things. Hey, so. He's not so hey, sorry. One of the things. I couldn't tell what he's saying. That's what. That's why I, that's why I lowered it to get, like, like pick up some yeah. shit. Because nope. I can read off what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So he's talking about Star Wars. He's talking about Jar Jar. He's talking about, he's like, you know, a uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, like, at the end. Um, Aren't all our callers first-time callers? <laughs> well, yeah, now, yeah, they are. But, yeah, no, it's it's good. Uh, thank you for calling. Thank uh, you. Appreciate it. I'm glad you enjoyed the Star Wars uh, episode, uh, yeah. even though, like, me and Bass were just, like, looking at each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was that was definitely me, Eli, and Charles. That's crazy. You know what's crazy? Is Eddie's rom-com is beating fucking Star Wars. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know why? This it's week. The drip. It is this week. It's because the drip. By how much, though? This week, it's only beaten uh, by 30. Oh, okay. That's 30. We 30 could, million. Well, ah, get out of here. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. Uh, mental health. Everybody needs to be on point with that. You, if something's going on with you, talk to somebody. Uh, just don't sit there and be like, it, it, it'll get better because you keep saying it'll get better. I'll push it down. It'll get better. I'll push it down. And then one day you look around and there is no better. Like um, Rob said, you're you're in a tunnel with no light. Everything's pitch black, and the only way you feel you can get out. Don't take the easy. Don't that's don't, easy way. Uh, the easy way. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say don't take the easy way of easy just way. saying like, no, I'm not gonna do anything about it. Like, well, not just that. The e- the the ultimate easy way out is like just offing yourself. Yeah, you know? yeah. suicide. I mean, yeah. yeah. Which you know, I mean. Sounds like we've all kind of been there, yeah. and uh, you know it's it's really not the easy way out because all you really what's going to happen is it's going to create 
traumas for other people. Yeah, it's going to wave. Right. It's going to be a wave for everybody else, like your kids or your spouse or your friends or your family are going to get it, that wave. Your inner and not saying that you should be doing that for them, you know, getting yourself healthy for them. You should get yourself healthy for, for you. Yeah. Um, but just it, it isn't it isn't the easy way out. It isn't the yeah. e- the easy way out is just talking, which seems hard to do. But once you do, I mean, it's so shit, much we just talked for two hours, so You'll you know, feel so much better. You will, you will. Once it all comes off your chest and everything, like you're, you're probably gonna cry. You're probably gonna be angry. You're probably be embarrassed. But once it's all off your chest, you you're will feel better. Feel so much better. Yes. Once again, guys, that phone number for the National Suicide Prevention uh, Lifeline is one eight hundred two seven three. 8255 1-800-273-8255 and again they even have a option where you can just chat with somebody instead yeah. of you know calling on them yeah so yeah that was the roc's uh episode um yeah enjoy <laughs> thank you for listening to the roc you know 